Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your hosts tonight, Keenan White, aka Lefty the Great, and if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, indeed, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 77 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And this week, we have another Legends podcast. His name has been brought up quite a few times from myself, Greg Dagani, Joseph, a couple of the other Portuguese racers, as well as some more European racers that have been on the podcast. Uh, I would like to thank Miguel Matias, 2003 European champion, for coming on the podcast. He had a lot of great things to say about what he wants to see happen in RC, talking about how he almost won the world three times and just, uh, oh, it's, it's I don't want to have no spoilers, but that's a spoiler because, man, I didn't realize that he could have won the world three times. Some bad luck for him, but a great chat with him. He had some good things to say about Joseph. So I appreciate that. Um, well, not really, but Joseph probably appreciates that. Um, no hotline this week, but we will have a hotline next week, and it's going to be all about no prep, which is the which is growing ever so fast. Tim Smith, Tyler Zavadil are going to join me, and we're going to take some questions and call-ins for you next Thursday. It's going to be awesome, because I do see a lot of the uh, off-road guys crossing over into no prep, which is awesome, which is great. I also have uh, Joker Snyder, Chris Fails, and David Olson, who are the three gentlemen behind this viral video that's going absolutely viral and having over 40 million uh, views. It's on ESPN, Barstool Sports, Reddit, you name it. It's going crazy. Uh, it <laughs> And it's just a pit stop, but it's so awesome. So they're my buddies. I had them on. We had a good crack, and um, we talked about it. Uh, before I go on any further, I want to shout out to all of the No Name RC podcast listeners from around the world, man. Lots of love to you guys. You guys show me a lot of love and show the podcast love, and I greatly appreciate that. Without you guys, none of this is possible. Shout out to the patrons. You know, you guys help keep these bills paid. They got something special. They got a patron-only t-shirt. So if you want to get a patron-only t-shirt... Maybe you should sign up for the Patreon. They get early access to this podcast. And I got some other cool things. As soon as we get back racing, I'll have some more giveaways. You know, get some stuff to to do giveaways and stuff just for my patrons. So I appreciate that. Thank you to you guys. And, of course, shout out and thank you to the companies that support us and support this podcast uh, by letting, uh, you know, just sponsoring us and and advertising with us. I'd like to shout out and say thank you to RCMX Online, Techno RC, Beach RC, JQ Racing, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, and BK Servos. So I guess um, let me uh, let me call up Beaker. He's looking pretty fast yesterday in that video he posted. So um, let me let's see where he is. Beaker, where are you too? I'm here. What's going on, Beak Beak? How you doing? Well, isn't it just typical? So we have a race on Saturday, but it's supposed to rain. But it's Europe. You guys race in the rain. Yeah, but 
I mean, it's not a national or anything. So, yeah, if it rains, then I don't think people are going to race. I won't race. Oh, yeah. You look pretty good in that uh, video you posted. I like that track. It's very, it's, um, it's, it's very busy, too. Yeah, it's good. I wish, like, it just looks like a rubbish dump. I it wish does. it looked good, but we kind of have to move it, so what the hell. You mean move the whole track? Yeah, probably we're going to have to move the track, so then when that's done, then I'll actually, I'm going to be involved and make it look good. Where are you guys going to move it to? Like a complete, and total, a complete and total different uh, location or what? Same area, but just most likely we're going to have to move it a bit. I'm, I'm trying to get them to move it right next to the motocross track so we share the same sort of cafeteria area and the same pits and that stuff, so parking. That would be good. Maybe we could get more people racing, you know, for the motocross riders, see what we do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. But I, I mean, it's getting a lot of clicks. People like it, you know. People's like, why isn't Joseph got a, a close-up of the car? So, you know, yeah, yeah you know. I don't know what's going on, people. He won't tell me anything, and I've tried. Because it's a phone video? Huh? Because it's a video taken with a phone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like lies.com to me. Not lies. Uh, Joseph, I know when you're not telling the full truth, all right? I just heard it in your voice. No, I'm I know not when you're trying to hide something, Joseph. I'm not hiding anything. Mm-hmm. 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 Whatever, Josie. Whatever, beak, beak. Whatever, beaker. Um, yeah. Well, I hope I hope it doesn't rain. I would like you to get some racing in. I think you need it. Release some stress. The more you're at the track, the better it is for me. That means you're less you're on Facebook, causing a bunch of shit. So I'm happy about that. Um, but it did look good. You did look good. Who else was out there? Who was the guy next to you on the driver's stand? Was that uh um? Damn, Elena. Right, he's he's pretty good though, right? He used to be a pro, pro dri, a pro driver. He still is. Yeah, yeah. Runs for Infinity on road. Right, that's what that's what I thought. He looked very familiar, and I, I kept wanted to think yeah. Yuka Stanari, but um, yeah. Hey, we should get the Yuka. Other one. Yeah, we should get Yuka on the on the podcast. What you think? Yeah, we could. He's like your hero. Well, kind of, yeah. And didn't Dagani catch you in a? A jacuzzi naked with him or something, or a sauna naked with him or something like that. No, no, that was my uh, mechanic. To be honest, Donnie goes. I was just walking along, taking a tour of the ho- of the hotel, and then I walked in, and there's JQ naked in the room with somebody else, naked in a sauna with somebody else. I mean, well, you're supposed to be naked in a sauna anyway, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a finished thing. Um, I don't know. Let's uh let's pay some bills, Joseph, and then um go on to the news. What you say? Yeah, sure. NNRC listeners, are you currently having trouble trying to get the power down to the ground? Well, don't you worry. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic has you covered for all your RC tire traction needs. Whether you race on carpet, concrete, dirt, loose dry, slick, or high-grip surfaces, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic Cures for Traction. Benefits of using Papa Willie's Tonic Traction is going to be more traction, long-lasting, light tire wear, sweet scent, clean application, fast-acting, fresh fill. Papa's Willie Traction Tonic is also safe on foam inserts and does not deteriorate tire glue. 
find and follow Papa Willie's Traction Tonic on Facebook and Instagram. You can also visit them at www.papawillies.net. Use the promo code NNRC at checkout for 10% off. Prepare for victory with the one and only Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. And we are back with some news. And uh, I think the first thing, we didn't talk about it last week on the podcast, Joseph, uh, was Byron's closing down. Yep. Maybe we mentioned it. Yeah, but I don't think we went too in-depth with it. But um, I don't really know anything about it. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people's thinking, oh, this is the beginning of the end. But for Nitro, but Nitro has definitely increased in price. Um, I think it's a lot to do with the tariffs and just it's expensive to ship that stuff, man, around, like, you know. So for people in them Americas, like, it's expensive. For me, it's always been $55, $60. You know what I mean? In Bermuda, I remember paying $70 at one, one time for a gallon. So no big deal to me. I mean, but there's a lot of little fuel companies out here. And Sidewinder's still doing good. BP pros out there, but Sidewinder, uh, Morgan Fuels also does fuels for helicopters, all the like Traxxas vehicles, all that type of stuff. So the racing Isn't side. BP of, cut their team or something. I don't know. Are you charging your phone or something? Because you're, you're coming through with a static. Are you charging your phone? No. Something, something's giving me a little bit of static feed. I heard something about VP. I don't know. I, I heard some rumors that they might be, it's closing or something, but I saw somebody ask on a post and they said, nope, we're still going. So I don't know. I have to look at I, I I haven't seen it, any, any official news things on it, so I can't really tell. And nobody's told me anything, but I did see a post about it. So I don't know. Byron's is out, but we still have like Sidewinder, uh, you know, all the smaller companies, VP, so, I still think we're safe for fuel. Don't worry about that. Can you stop moving? Yeah. Yeah. Can I to hot race? Joseph. Hello. Can I to hot race? Yeah. Left pro line, went to hot race. Nicholas coming out of pocket, it looks like, man. It's spending a lot of money. Yeah, man. Because you know, Kanai doesn't do anything for free. So probably not. And also, he uses probably uses about fifty thousand sets of tires a year. Yeah, that's a lot of tires to use for somebody that doesn't race. You know what I mean? I get, I get it. He designs the cars and all that stuff, but wow, I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Nicholas coming out of pocket. You know, the new build place in America. Getting Mark Pavitas on board, even though it's not his full job. You know, Robert Battier, who else is who else drives? Uh Baruffalo. All these guys. So I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Is it worth putting Kanai on your tires? I don't like. Or maybe he's just getting free tires. Maybe he's just getting free product. Who knows? Who knows? I don't Ask know. him. I don't know. I, I don't I don't I don't think he does he speak English? Funny, but Matthias had a funny story about Kanai and um, the 2000 Worlds. So it's pretty good. Don't forget to check it out, guys. Um, IGT8. Is it about shock shafts? Yes, it is. It's all about shock shafts. Yeah, I know that story. Yeah, he doesn't sound too happy about that either. You know, he had, he had some good things to say about you. He actually called you a genius. 
Really? Yes. He's a clever guy. Yeah. He uh he said, I admire what you do. Your marketing. He says, Yes, you can he's he's controversial, but he actually said some really good things about you. He's a very well spoken, uh soft spoken not soft spoken, but you know just seems like a great dude. Like we got along really good. Kinda kinda cold in the beginning, but then he not you know, like how most people are, but he kinda warmed up a lot in the end. Man, the guy has some has some crap luck. Almost. Wow. Wow. Him and Yannick. Him and Yannick. Some of the worst luck in RC. Um, we see Yokomo has a new four-wheel drive. Yay. For the 10 scale guys out there. You know? Don't we don't forget about you 10 scale guys. I didn't really look at what it all new on it. Um IGT8 is buggy. It looks like it's finally gonna be released. This is uh I I know uh, my boy John Bertelson was testing this out oh, for years. Uh, it's based off the IGT8 on uh GT car. And um the guys down there in Florida have been doing it in Miami, I guess the uh, Paolo Maroni, uh Marini, I think his name is. He's the like a champion GT driver. So another eight scale buggy coming on the market. Hooray. I think this is actually based off the old Hong Noirs too or something, somebody was saying. I, I'm probably wrong, but yay, another chassis to the flooded already chassis market. But let's see how it goes. And J Concepts has released the new silver compound in the ellipse tire for their eight for the eight scale buggies. So there you go. You can now get your ellipse tire in silver compound. If I missed any news, I apologize. It's not much going on in RC, and I'm not going to talk about every little product that's going on out there. So that's being released. So it's just kind of major news, I guess. Um, Joseph, are we? Gonna, yeah. So I don't know, man. I I really enjoyed the talk with Matthias. Um, and just like I think he kind of laid the foundation for the Portuguese drivers that are, are fast now, and. I know you and Dagani speak highly of him, but I didn't realize he actually ran a JQ car until I started researching him. Uh, near the end of his, like, fast, fast pro, you know, I would say, you know, better years. So tell me, I didn't, you didn't even, I mean, how did that all go down? Like, he even said you were staying at his house, and he said you always ate all the, he says Joseph would have diabetes because, you know, Portuguese eat a lot of sweet foods and all that stuff. So, um yeah, how was it? You never. You said you had a story about that. Tell me about it. That's a different kind of story. But yeah, it was back, like right before. It was before I met. Before I started the company. Before I made my own car. I actually raced the Portuguese nationals one year. Uh, so I don't know how it sort of came about, but yeah, he had he had this sort of. Well, his family had a separate house or a place where he wrenched and had all his car stuff, and I, I could stay there. So then I stayed there, and we went practicing and racing together. So it was a few years there where I'd fly to Portugal for a week or two, and yeah, and then I also did the nationals there. Yeah, it was fun. Really? Is that the something? Great I don't know if it came up, but he drives like. He drives a real car like a madman. Like, I don't think you really understand unless you're there. I don't know what kind of uh, laws they have in Portugal, mm -hmm. but <laughs> he literally drives 
as fast as the car goes, basically. Like 200 kilometers an hour and stuff on motorways and weaving around traffic and like doing corners at insane speeds. And I remember one time <laughs> we were going to a race and then I don't, like some sort of police car, some sort of police, right? They have different types, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he wasn't pulled over by this this type of police or what, what was happening. So he was kind of, so I rem- I just remember that either the police merged onto that road or we were passing them, but he was kind of playing games with the cop and getting annoyed at the cop <laughs> and really? then just pulled away. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> well, uh, he was it's also... It's crazy. He was it's also, insane. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. How he drives. Really insane. Yeah. I think it's in his blood. He he said that his mom and his dad both raced motorcycles. That's crazy. But definitely one of the fastest eight hill drivers in uh in his time. And still still very consistent. I mean, he came out of retirement to race the 2018 Euros, and I think he made the final. I'm not sure. I made the semis. I think he, he he sort of retired. Then he came out of retirement, borrowed a car for that race. Yeah. And he made the main and then sort of retired. But now he's back, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah, he said he's, well, we can't give it all away. People have to listen to the podcast. Um, enjoy it with Miguel. But definitely one of the things I enjoy is like when I don't get to know somebody, when I don't know somebody. Well, I have never spoke to him, and then when I get to talking to him, and, and, and you know, you can see, like, I will get along with this dude. Like, you know, if I met him, we'd have a great time. He doesn't drink beer, so I'll drink beer for him. And just like I would like to hear his stories about RC, and the, he's been so many places, so many different races. I'm sure he's, like, he's just got a ton of stories, like, so. Um, and even, like, just interesting, like, an interesting character decided to finish the schooling before, instead of becoming a pro driver right away. Lots of stuff, man. Um, and he has his opinions and views about Ifmar, so <clears throat> and how RC is now. So it's pretty good. Did you listen to the? Yeah, you don't listen to our podcast, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool about what. Hello, C1. Yeah, yeah. But Gil said, "What the next?" Yeah, not yet. But he said in last week's podcast, one of my questions was, "What is the next innovation in RC?" And I told you what he said that. Um, I told you last week. He said the next innovation in RC is how do we take this to the masses? Nothing else. So that's uh, what we're all about. Like I don't care what anybody says. We can do it. I'm. Hey, oh shit! We can't even talk about it. So uh, Chris Fails, Joker Snyder, and young kid David Olson, they made a little TikTok video of Chris Fails and and David filling up his car at a race this past weekend at, at Sumter, and that. Thing has gone absolutely viral, dude. ESPN playing it. Just a 20-second, not even 20-second video. ESPN's playing it. It was on Barstool Motorsports. They, <laughs> hey, I actually have them on the podcast or I recorded with them last night. But, man, I was looking at some of the comments and, pe- and people's like, oh, I didn't even know this was a thing. Exactly what we keep saying. People don't know what we do. Also, it had to be Nitro, the showcase class of RC, right? A pit, coming in the pit, refueling, going out. That excites people. Like, you know what I mean? 40 million views yesterday. I don't know how much it's at now. People, thousands and thousands, probably of comments. 
that's pretty crazy that a little video like TikTok can um go viral like that. Of course, you know, I was in there like posting you in the comments posting. If you like this, check out the RCGP, you know, driven trailer and all this type of stuff to see if we could get some traction going in there and people can see some more stuff. But I think that's it. Sometimes all it takes is something like that to spark interest in things. And then you never know where it can end up. Hello? Yeah, you never know what goes viral. You can't really control that. I know. Sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. That That's how it goes. But um, it's just pretty, like, that's super viral. I mean, Lutz has went viral. His video went viral, but not like this. This went crazy. Like, when it gets on ESPN and things like that, yeah, that's pretty viral. So where is this video? Um, I shared it to my Facebook. It's it's on Barstool. Barstool. Um, they shared it to their Instagram. ESPN, ESPN, ESPN even played it briefly on, on ESPN, like Sports Center. And um, yeah, man, it's just good. It's good. Of course, there's people on there saying, oh, this is... This is expensive. One guy goes, a chassis costs a thousand dollars, and motors cost four to five hundred dollars, and you need several of them, and it costs you two hundred dollars just to run one day at the track. And I just laughed. I said, I don't know what motors you're tuning where you have to have several engines. I don't know what chassis you must you might have had a Kyosho. They were close to a thousand dollars back in the day. And um, but I mean, in general, people were just like, Wow, look at that. That's crazy. So yeah, man, um, it's interesting. It's interesting to see. Imagine if, like, we could get, like, the docu-series from RCGP to go viral. So many people keep asking me, when is that coming out? So I just have to say, I'm told soon. So Should we should drop another trailer? That's what should do. Drop another three-minute trailer. Get people excited again. The trailer's already out. Yeah, but a new one. A different one. No. Next is the first episode. Next is the first episode. Yeah. Next is the first episode. What else do we have to talk about? Do we have to talk about anything else? Or are we going to go? No. Are we done? Can no. I go? No, you can't go. Stop being so miserable, man. Really. Can we just rant? No, but we have to answer some, some questions first. We got to pay some bills here, Joseph. Got to pay some bills. You know, just like e-bug, it pays the bills. Are you ready? We're going to go to the Beach RC questions. Uh, be quiet while I do this voice drop. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Thank you, Brent Densford of BeachRC for sponsoring and being a great supporter of the podcast since the inception, really. I want to thank him for his support. <clears throat> Go check out Beach RC, guys. Please, if you can, use our affiliate link. That helps us out a lot. And, um, hey, if you want your NNRC swag, he's got NNRC. Uh, he's got No Name RC Podcast shirts as well as hats. 
decals, and anything you need for your RC cars. Go to Beach RC, check them out, and they even give you candy when you in your order. Except JB. They don't give candy to JB. So, yeah, thank you. So, Joseph, let's get into some of these questions, dude. Let's, let's go, you know? Stop being miserable. We got to talk setup. That's what you like talking about. Well, you like talking politics. But your second favorite thing in life is actually talking about setup. Let's go. Are you ready, Joseph? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how the does it. Copy into Gandhi. Yeah, 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 yeah. With everyone 3D printing parts, I've seen a lot of the plus 10 millimeter adapters made. I'm sorry, this is from Adam Ross. Being made for the wings. My question is, when should you use this as a tuning option part, and should they be made in, a, in similar incre- increments, incre- increments, sorry, to allow even more tuning options, or is it just a fad? What, raising the wing, or yeah. what's he talking about? Yeah, raising them if there's buttons. Like that you kind of 3D printed the other day. Well, I made those because I, well, I put the HB wing mount on my car, because it's lighter, like 20 grams, 20-something grams lighter. And I was building a light car, so it made sense to change it, right? And then people saw that, and then they assumed, oh, you have to have this. So then people started running it. Well, with the HP wing mount, the wing is lower. So you need to raise it back up to the same height as with the stock mount, with the high mounts. So that's why I did it. And the higher wing, what it does, it just adds stability to the car. Wing is higher in the clean air. Also, I think that because the weight is higher, it makes the car roll a bit in the corner, so it adds grip. So, yeah, that's why. So, do you think we can... So, people are putting 10 millimeter. Do you think there will be a thing where, okay, I need I need to go down two millimeters to adjust this or something like that? Multiple inserts? I mean, I'm sure there's some, like, an optimal height. Honestly, I haven't tested it. I haven't tried to figure out what the right height is, what's the best height. I haven't done that. I just sort of this, I know this is pretty good where it is, and that's what I run. Okay. So he was asking if that was an adjustment. Good stuff. Good stuff. On to well, the- I never adjust it. I just run it in the okay. high position always. Yeah, we've always, uh, you always like the high position. So, All right. We have a few more questions here. Adam Camacho. What's up, Adam? Hey, Rupert, please explain how you like to tune with header and exhaust pipes. How I like to tune? Yeah. Whatever you're doing, you're creating static. static. I don't really. Again, I find one that I like and I stick to it. All right. Well, what's the general rule of thumb for pipes then? I know... Like with short headers, long headers? Different brands have different kinds of pipes. And they have a different power band, a different feel. Some pipes are very smooth, very soft on the bottom end. And like the power band is very smooth. And maybe they have a lot of top end. They're very fast. Other pipes, maybe they are more crisp, more bottom end, more punchy. Maybe not quite as much top end. You know, you have to try different pipes and see what what you like because they do make a significant difference. 
What about header lengths and all that stuff? Header lengths, uh, they they make a difference too. So, for example, when I used to run reds, would always have to run the longest header I could because that would give the part that that would give give it more uh, top speed. I mean, not top speed. It would give it more like punchy power, more crisp power. That's what I needed. More torque, more power, more acceleration, more punch. And then, well, the opposite, if you run a short one, then it's more top end, less punchy power. So, yeah. So that does make a difference too. Okay. Thank you, Adam, for the question. I'm sure there's some more in-depth uh, explanations, but, yeah, that's Joseph. Jason Roberts, he wants, hey, what's up, Jason? He was asking about the HB wing mount that you answered. Jason Shornard. He has a JQE buggy. He wants to know, how do you prevent your car from nosediving over jumps? Okay, so maybe the track has a jump where the car jumps in a weird way, like nose down, the rear kicks up. That could be a setup issue. But if all cars are doing it on that jump. Well, all cars wasn't. Because I had the same question in the group the other day, and um, he's like the other cars weren't doing it. I think I think. All right, go ahead, continue. Yeah, well, if it's a car issue, a setup issue, it could be that it's just too soft. It's like the rear end is bottoming out on the jump and kicking it up, for example. So just thicker oils, you know, make sure that you set your shock oils correctly. You know, you're running the suitable pistons, right springs. You know, make sure that the, the setup isn't way off. And then for driving, you can also fix those kind of issues. So if you, again, like I think we were talking about this last time, so if you sort of let off the throttle and accelerate on the face of the mm-hmm. jump, you can make your car jump uh, differently. So you can make it, and especially if you if you hold the throttle on, you find how much throttle you need to apply, but you hold it on, until the car has left the jump, you can jump nose high. So maybe in that situation, then it would jump flat. Mm-hmm. Or also just hit the jump in a different spot. Hit the jump at a different speed with different amount of throttle. You know, like you can find a way with your driving to avoid that problem too. Yeah, I it's agree. A combination of things. If your setup is way wrong, okay, figure that out. It's most likely something with the shocks. And uh, if, let's say, there's a jump and all cars are doing that, basically, then it's something to do with your driving, how you are hitting the jump, the speed, the place you are, the, the line you are taking on the jump. And like I said, maybe try accelerating off the, off the jump and then keeping the throttle on for a bit longer than what you would, norm, would normally, and then it will jump nose high. Sweet. I agree. I, it's hard to tell somebody to drive different. though. It's always set up. You know what I mean? So, but I, I've, I've had these questions enough that I know that it's either, like you said, your shocks or something wrong there. Sometimes the wing too. I think um, that makes a big difference. But also you're driving. Like just like do something different. 
you know, and it's these are, and the two people that asked about it was both e-buggies, right? So, yeah, we know the e-bug is, even though they say, oh, I don't have any drag brake, like e-buggies just don't coast like nitro buggies, you know what I mean? So, good stuff. Jeff Werner, what's up, coach? Jeff wants to know, JQ, what is the single best run race you have had with a JQ racing buggy? He says, was it 2013 Neo Dash for Cash? RCGP when he ran top three for most of the race. Other, which is the, he just wants to know, which is the single best run of if your own car that you've ever had? Uh... I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. Um, honestly, I don't know. Maybe Austria, the Euros in Austria. I finished seventh, but I had some typical, I had some issues in the main. But early on, I was up in fourth, like I was in the mix. That's probably the best. Where was that? When was that? 2012, I think. Where was that? That was decent. Again? Austria, Euros. Oh, yeah. Was that the... Tr um, that's uh, where you guys fairing. just went. Yeah, fairing, yeah. Word track. Was it that? Was it yellow and blue? With the outlines and all that stuff? And didn't they have like... um. That's the one that uh, Ronnefalk lost. Maybe. That yeah, that's yeah, that's where Bloomfield won. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah. I have to go back and look at that. I'm sure RC Racing TV has it. So close, so close. All right, next question. Let's go. Hold on, just lost my my thing. Okay, sorry. We got to move on from there. Adam Reavy, what's up? He wants to know, he actually has two questions. How often do you strip down your engine, Joseph? I basically never do, only if I need to change bearings. Okay, well, yeah. Or check your connecting rod, stuff like that. I don't check it. Why do I check it? Well, I mean, if you... People check their connecting rods to see how much slops go in. Don't need to check it. What's there to check? Yeah, it's still there. Okay, cool. Beware, you idiot. Beware on your Conrad bushing. Shut up. What? Hey, you know what, man? I don't Bearing like your attitude today. Change your Conrad. I don't like your attitude if you today. Want. All right? If you want, change your Conrad, you know? Liven up, buddy. Answer these questions with some, some gusto, Okay. He also had, look at you, you're yawning, all yawning in my ear. He goes, my son recently said he wants to start have, wants to have a go at track racing. What would you recommend him starting with? On-road clubs inside school halls or getting him straight onto an off-road track? Also electric or nitro? I'm going to answer this. I think go you should, ahead. I think you should get him in electric just because it's easier because you're going to be racing as well. The, he's from England. The electric 10-scale scene is just huge in the UK, especially during the winter because, you know, they have just have crappy weather all the time. So I would get him in there. If he wants to do on-road, he can. 
I know they race it. I, they race onward, like on the slick surface sometimes of the the halls and all that stuff, which is fun. But uh, you know, with the off road car, he can run that everywhere. So I would get him an off road ten scale car. Don't put a really fast motor in it, and just let him have fun and learn. And he'll learn really fast. And he could take that car and he can go bash it around and drive it around his front in front of his house, in front of his front yard, whatever he wants, as well as tracks. So. Yeah, I would stick with off-road electric. And if he continues to be interested in it, Adam, uh, then you could get him into the glory or maybe an e-buggy. So, yeah, I think that's that's suitable. And he has, oh, also one more question. Also, they're racing and a lot is going on and cars in different positions on the track. How do you keep track of your car? No, he says, how do you keep track as to which, what car is first or what car you are competing against for a position as you want to move out of the way for faster drivers. That's where a great commentator comes into key or, or RD. He can call traffic, traffic for you. How about you, Joseph? Or you just know, you just know who you're racing against too. And it, many times I know, yes, but that's also where headsets are good. Mm-hmm. I really, it's really annoying for me because you know me, when I'm in a main, I'm getting lapped <laughs> at some point. So it's really annoying for me when I don't know if someone is lapping me or if I'm racing them. That's really annoying because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, you lose either way if you're wrong. So if you race them and they're lapping you, you're an asshole. You're an idiot. Why didn't you move over? And then if you let them go and you were racing them, well, yeah, that's just awesome, right? So you really need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's that's one one situation where a headset is really good because yeah. your mechanic can just tell you this guy's behind you and it's for position. Or this guy's behind you, he's lapping you. You know, it's really good. Yeah, and also the RD should call traffic too. Really, yeah, but really they good. can't. No, yeah, they but that's why you need that. a commentator or announcer to do that. Yeah, but they can't because if you're if you're running in. Seventh place and fourth place is lapping you or something. The the race director is looking at the leaders. Yes, that's true. I'm not worried about fourth place. That's correct, Joseph. Couple more questions. Jeff Keaton has re-arisen from the grave and started shit as usual. He says he has a ton of questions. Well, you know what, Jeff? We'll probably get you on the podcast. I'm, I, you know what? I'm saving my energy for that rant. Because hopefully he'll be on next week so we can rant it out. Because, yeah, I saw his takes again. And once again, it's just typical Jeff Keaton, completely missing the point. But at this point, I think it's intentional. Seriously, I think it's intentional and he just wants to say stuff to stir the pot. He can't be that dumb. He's serious. <laughs> well, well, maybe he can. When you two get together, you just don't stir the pot. You knock it off the damn stove and burn the whole house down so it's gonna be interesting he's in my hawaii or something like that right now he's his life is just crazy right now it's so funny so um well you know jeff he likes the attention so everybody yeah you're right jeff you're right but it's typical if that that's the same attitude that's why rc won't won't go forward because these all these guys want to keep it for themselves wayne restbrook he wants to know who else is running 14 41 14 gearing front and rear what do you want, 14? In their BE. What? The Garen on the BE is 40, 
45 14, right? Yeah. 41 14? Some people were running. What were they? 43 14. 43 13. 45 14 front, front 43 13 back, was it? Yeah, something like that. To make like an overdrive, underdrive mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, I'm just running the 45 14. Front and rear. Yeah. I've not 41. I didn't even know we had 41. He must mean. I don't know. I have to message Wayne and ask him what he's talking about. Joe Zaire Jr. ran out of talent. Oh, this is my time. <laughs> he wants to know what has sparked lefty's G.I. Joe obsession. So, you know, Joseph, I get on you about your drug and your your vice of Facebook arguing, all right, about politics and whatever else you can. And, you know, that that's cool. That No, it's not cool because it's a pain in the ass. But um, I kind of stumbled across a few G.I. Joe groups. Oh, like, I don't know if you collected. I don't know if you collected or had toys when you were younger. I know you had violins and stuff like that, right? But, you know, I had toys when I was younger, and G.I. Joe was my favorite toy, and I had a shit ton of them. And I'm kicking myself in the butt right now because I don't have any left. I was even asking my mom. I was like, you sure you ain't got none laying around? Any? I had so many, right? And all my friends used to come together when we were younger. We used to, um, you know, they'll bring theirs over, and then we'll make set them all up, and we'll have a fake war. And all. It was just so much fun, like, so much fun. And it's, it's a fun memory from my, my childhood. And I just stumbled, you know, YouTube, just on YouTube one day, stumbled across G.I. Joe collecting. I had stumbled across it a couple of years ago. Ah, this is cool. And then I started investigating different groups and all that stuff and seeing some prices of things. So I, I had, you know, I took my, took, you know, treated myself because, you know, I treated myself. I don't buy myself much. You know, most of my money gets spent on my wife and my kids and all that stuff and bills. So I've gone down the dark black hole that is G.I. Joe collecting. And it is addictive and it is big. And it is insane. I think it's even bigger than RC. But we do. There are people from all over the world in these Facebook groups. There's YouTube videos, all like collecting action figures from 1982 to 1994 is what you want, right? So like, dude, I'm watching YouTube videos. There's podcasts about it. Oh my gosh, there's people doing live auctions like walking like different all these toy stores, it's insane. It's the insane the amount of money people spend on this stuff, man. So I've picked me up a few action figures and stuff like that. Then I'm gonna put in a new studio when I um when I move because I'm moving her shortly as well. We got the okay. Probably gonna start, but this this next week's probably gonna be the last podcast until the end of the month. So gotta take a little break, guys. Gotta set up the studio and all that stuff. But yeah, Joseph, every man needs his hobby, and I love RC. Unfortunately, I don't get to do it. But we are getting the track back here. The guys, Frank's back and all that stuff. So I'm going to need a car, engine, and servers, Joseph. You need a car, engine, and servers? Yeah. For your G.I. Joe? No, I'm making a comeback. I, I'm just going to run e-buggy, I think. Um, but yeah, Placing order in the shop. Oh, uh, yeah, I am. But... I'm just saying, it's just a, it's a joy, and when I get it, I'm gonna figure out how I'm gonna sneak it across my wife, again. I don't like like I do with my RC stuff, but I kind of want to show my son what I played with and what I, what made, what I liked when I was younger. So, 
yeah, I'm just maybe every month I'll buy a, a figure or something with whatever my budget allows. And you know what's funny? In a couple of the groups, I found RC guys. Two RC dudes that I, I know one of them. The other one, I'm, I'm friends with him on Facebook, obviously, but I have never met him. So I got talking to these guys. Like, you know what I mean? And I, yeah, man, I love G.I. Joe. And and then the other guy, I know him. He, um, he lives in North Carolina. He's like, yeah, man, next time you come up here, Keenan, I'll take you to my house and show you my collection and all this type of stuff. So it's such a small world. Like, you know, it's crazy. It's, it's pretty insane. But, yeah, that's... Um, my little my little hobby and I just I just like that stuff and it just I don't know man it's crazy it's crazy like the stuff you see Joseph and people go into flea markets and just this is stuff from 30 years ago that people still have around in abundance that's how popular it was so yes I've gone down the dark rabbit hole of GI Joe collecting I know Joseph you're probably Nuts. thinking I'm insane and I'm a big kid and all this type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny about RC? Like people what people look at us people people look at us in RC as like nerds loser nerds playing in the field. Those guys are idiots. There's something wrong with them. Yeah, I kinda just and then top of people that. in racing are like, Oh yeah, this is cool, this is fine. And then many people in racing look at all the trail guys and crawler guys like those guys are so stupid, like playing. I don't toys. I think it's awesome. Yeah, but it's like even within the RC it has that same mentality. And then there are those that that play play around with those what are they called? Trail trail trucks and stuff. Yeah, and you then said have that. like G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe mo models that they put. Well, put it's in called um, panor um, um, like scale like garage. You. Yeah, like I like all that stuff. Like Brad Gex yeah. really yeah. into that stuff. He does you some want good work. Those. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a nerd. So I don't care. I love G.I. Joe. Like you, I don't know if you had that in Finland. Like you probably, probably had Smurfs when you were young. I, I'm gonna need a drink. I'm gonna go get a drink. All right. You know what? You know what? You have offended my family, and you have offended the Shaolin Temple. I don't know how long it takes this guy to get a drink. Why doesn't he get a drink before we okay, even I'm start? Back. You know what, Joseph? You know what? What? Shut up, fool. Shut up, fool. What was that? You're really terrible at these drops. You need to improve your drop game. Get in my belly! Shut up. Okay, that's but, okay, but completely irrelevant. That's all right. I like my drops. Yoda. You need um, to get drops from the actual podcast. Yeah, yeah. I actually need to do an update on my mixer here. So I saw uh, up. Um, you saw that Pope MX and I have something in common. We use the same equipment. That's cool. Yeah. It's cool. I knew what I was doing when I bought. I knew exactly what I was doing when I bought this. So yeah, that is crazy, man. But to find even G to find RC guys in there, and then I made a post on Facebook and was like, anybody into RC GI Joe? And a few guys did. And then um, oh man, you just you just never know. That's why I. That's one of the beautiful things. Beautiful things like I love about RC is that it's opened up a world. And and you, you it's been so good to me in different ways. So you know, and and giving giving me opportunities to meet people and do things and yeah it's just crazy so yeah i met some gi joe uh fanatics like myself 
and just you know meeting people in the groups and talking to them like that's ah, people are into this stuff man it's it's deep man it's deep 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 just like we're deep into rc and setting up our cars these guys are deep into fixing their figures and doing this and doing and setting up that making sure it's complete with all the original stuff like no accessories oh it's just it's crazy but uh yeah i've gone i've, I've i ordered a few so anybody into G.I. Joe out there and have a few in their house and they don't want them and they want to sell them or they want to donate them to me, I'll pay shipping. And I'll if you got a good price on them and, and I got the extra money, I'll buy them from you. I, I took my, my money. I'll save enough of my no prep, but I'm going to get my stuff first soon, my body and all that stuff. No prep drag racing. All right, Joseph. Um, That's all the questions that I have for this week. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. Thank you, BTRC. For your continued support, remember, guys, go check them out, btrc.com. Use the affiliate link that we have in the description and show them some love is showing the podcast some love. Joseph, I'm going to go pay some bills. I'm going to go talk to the uh, coming up here is the guys who Chris and Joker and David who had the video that went viral. And, of course, after that, we will have Miguel, Matias, and then Joseph, we will be back with the rant. All right. Okay. The No Name RC Podcast is brought to you by BK Servos. These servos have awesome performance for a great value. High performance servos, especially models like the DS7002 HV, super fast and precise, a cost a fraction of comparable super high-end servos. The DSSHT model has more torque than anything out there, and again, for an excellent price. Burt Camera, BK Servos. If you're interested in some BK Servos, you can go to www.bkhobbies.com. Use the code, the no name, and get 15% off your purchase. Thank you, BK Servos, for your support, and please show them some love. For the No Name RC Podcast listeners, check out their servos, use the coupon code, and save some dough. So, I'm all about getting RC out to people and whatever we can do to promote our hobby slash sport. I'm for it. So, a couple of buddies of mine from the Southeast made a TikTok video. Well, actually, his name, Austin Joker Snyder, but my buddy Chris Fails and da young David Olsen, because Chris was pitting his car and David was driving, and... Joker was taking the video. Their his TikTok video has gone absolutely viral. Uh, and it's pretty awesome because we don't get RC out like this much. So what's up, Chris? What's up, David? What's up, Joker? How you guys doing? What's up, man? What's up? You guys are like superstars now. I, wish. I, bought, a, I bought a pack of Sharpies today for the next race. There you go. Yeah, let me sign autographs. There you go. I think Brandon Webster said that he's going to let me sign his um, rear end. <laughs> on Sumter's race on Saturday. But I've um, always fantasized about. <laughs> See, just, typical Joker. I know I've known these guys for a little while now. They're crazy. They like to have fun at races. Um <laughs> Joker's the craziest of them all. But man, congratulations, man. You got your videos going viral. Um you tagged me in it yesterday, but I was so busy yesterday I missed it. I even said, Hey, where's that video that Joker tagged me in? And then Joker hit me up. Look at my video. It's going viral. That was today, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. I sent it to you today. I was like, dude, check this out. Dude, how did it? Like, all right. It's a short little video. It's what? 15 seconds? 20 seconds, I think. Not even that. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's about 15 seconds. Yeah, but it's going crazy. What's the views at right now? Um, I can check. I think it was at like 41 million. Yeah, 42.4 million. Yeah. It picked up over 10 million just today. Yeah. So, all right. You posted it, man, yesterday? Or when did you post it? Yeah, I posted it like yesterday, Mm mid-morning-ish. And then, Um, like, what happened? Like, how the hell did... Like it's been. I'm not like ESPN. It jumped up to a, Sorry. Yeah, it jumped up to a couple thousand views pretty quick. Um, and then I put my phone down. I was at work. I was working. I got home, and then I looked, and I was like, uh, at like four hundred thousand. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then um, I looked again, like two minutes later, and it it was well over three million. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> but um, but no, like it, it's it's cool to see it. Um. To see something that, you know, a, a hobby that we're involved in spike like that, um, you know, whether it was mine or, you know, I'd be happy if it was anybody's video. But, uh, you know, I didn't post it because I was like, oh, maybe I'll get famous off this. Like, that's never my thought. It was, you know, I got the whole TikTok app because I was like, oh, I'd do some interesting things. I can post stuff. And maybe somebody will enjoy it and, you know, maybe reach out to a couple people and get some more people in the hobby. And I never once imagined that I'd get. You know, I've gotten thousands of comments and texts and messages about, hey, how can I get into this? Where are there racetracks? Are there any out here in California? Like, you know, I, I didn't expect it to, to do what it did. Um, but then having ESPN and Barstool Sports and Sports Center um, and a couple other places reach out to me asking, hey, can we use your video? You know, we just need you to sign this, basically saying that you're not going to sue us for using your stuff. Um, you know, it'd be awesome if we could use it. Like, yeah, just go for it. And, and, and uh, a lot of the reason we even only take video is just the because part of the reason even we do our pit stops, normally me and Joker do all the pitting. Part of the reason he actually recorded it is because it was one of the stops with Olson's dad, Chris, pitting, and we can see the things he needs to pick up on because him and, him and his dad are new to Nitro in general. They haven't been doing it much. So a lot of times we just film it just to see where we can – Little pick pointers out where to improve things. <clears throat> and David, how did you feel? Yeah. Where, where did you end up in that race? I ended up second <clears throat> after but, leading most of it. Yeah, yeah you I lost led to like Reggie. First, yeah, I, yeah, I led like the first half of the race, and then I think I kind of drove the tires off, and um, I just drove way too aggressive in the last half, and just wasn't really in my head. Yeah, you've been but, racing a lot lately. You're what, fifteen years old? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been racing, I've been racing as much as I could during this whole Corona thing. And, um, luckily my local track, they didn't really shut down, but more than like three weeks, I think out of this whole thing. So I've been racing pretty much every weekend that I can at least, um, at my local track or wherever else. Sweet. So, yeah, I mean, I was looking at some of the comments on there. Of course, I'm not going to lie. I went in there and threw up some RCGP YouTube videos because people were like, oh, I want to see more of this. And. You know, oh, yeah. I, and it's well, I've been I've been posting Fierce RC, RCGP, and J Concept stuff on there too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we, one thing about forty million people viewed this, and <clears throat> that's a lot of reach. Like, we, RC doesn't get that type of exposure. I mean, I think Ryan Lutz got three million views off his TikTok video and all that stuff last year. Was it early this year? Yeah, early this year, I believe. What was it last year? I can't remember. Um, I think it was early this year. Yeah, and that we was like, wow, that's crazy. That's amazing, but. Uh, I know, like, I think we talked in the podcast how we think that Nitro should be the show class, the show class case of the show 
showcase class. Sorry, I got that mixed up. The showcase <laughs> class of RC because you know got the pitting, teamwork, all that type of stuff. And I think this is a he great example. Been in the beer. Oh yeah, I have had a few beers. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's just amazing to see. And I was looking at the comments. <clears throat> I saw one guy's like, "You're really expensive, a thousand dollars for chassis." You can see he had some experience, and I was like, "He's exaggerating," but. Mostly, most people were like, wow, this is, they didn't, like, exactly what I say. They didn't even know we raced RC cars. So Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many comments I got. That, what, like, oh, this is a thing. Wow, people take this seriously, stuff like that. Like, I was like, I didn't know that that many people didn't know about this. I mean, everybody that I've met, they know some extent. They're like, oh, yeah, don't they have, like, nitro? Or like, they call it gas. It's like, don't they have gas? It's like, well, it's nitro, but yeah. Um, but everybody knows about it to some extent, at least I thought. And then there's other people like, I didn't know this was a thing at all. Like, I get that a lot because when I travel, <clears throat> especially when I come through immigration and stuff like that, and I'm not getting an extreme cavity search, they, um, you know, that's I, just rare. Up, <laughs> I just end up talking to the guy and I say, oh, what you coming to America for? I say, I'm coming to race some, some RC cars or, or you know, watch some racing or whatever. And like, really? And then I end up showing them some videos and stuff. So people really don't know what we do, but... I mean, <clears throat> 40 million people know now, I mean, or whatever. I don't know if it's 40 million, but you know what I mean. This just reached yeah. out to 40 million people, and that's pretty special because we haven't had anything like that in RC. Yeah, and I think it's really cool, especially with ESPN, you know. And, and Yeah, they're a nationwide um, sports broadcast, but, you know, there's people all over the world that watch ESPN. Mm -hmm. um, and having them say, hey, you know, we want to post this, and uh, – and then them posting it, it was, it's cool because it's like, you know, that's a, a national level, uh, like, professional sports broadcast. And our little, our tiny hobby, our tight-knit community is getting put um, put on, on this national platform. And um, I think now would be a good time, like, for, for anybody in general. You know, post, post up your RC pictures, post up your videos, stuff like that on, on these public social medias. You know, let everybody else see what we're doing and, and hopefully, you know, we can help grow it because um, as much as people don't want to admit it, RC has been, it, it excelled a lot and then it just declined rapidly. Just a lot of people getting out of it um, and then nobody coming back into it. So, you know, we're, we want to grow our hobby because we want more competition. We want to see more people like David Olson and um, Cade Burnett, Philong Wynn. You know, we want to see a lot more of these young kids come in and then, you know, do well and have something, have an outlook or uh, an outlet that they can, like, escape life from and, you know, possibly do really well with it, so. Yeah, man, I'm all for that, man. <clears throat> you know, I'm definitely a big proponent of getting more young people racing, just people in general, but definitely the youth are the future. And I just want to say congratulations to you guys. I'm, in, you know, I w I'm happy for you guys. I, I know you guys are, like, elated and super well over the moon and you should be because this is this is pretty awesome and you managed to do something of just a 20 second video that <clears throat> people have been trying to do for so long and i was telling you like if it gets if it even gets a thousand more people into rc and they stay that's good you know i hope it yeah. interests more but you never know what can I happen mean and, and I got a phone call from Michael Koontz earlier because Michael Koontz was standing in the background at that pit stop. And uh, when he found when he saw that it got posted on SportsCenter and ESPN, man, he called me. I thought that guy was about to cry. He was like, man, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm jumping on the <laughs> Yeah, he, he was messaging me. 
he was messaging me. He was so excited just to even be in the background of that video. <clears throat> yeah, Michael is a good dude. Makes me good, good guy, man. Um, I like Mike a lot. And that's good. Guys are excited, man. We need something like this. It's a spark. I was telling you guys today, you never know. This might be the spark that uh, lights a fire and, and helps get make things better for our industry. Now, I never, I never want to downgrade anything that anybody does to, to make, to, to showcase what we do. And um, yeah. I think it's awesome, and I'm, I'm happy for you guys, man. So congratulations to you guys, and um, I hope uh, I hope you guys get some more, like maybe an interview or something. That'd be great. Like, and then you can that, promote the industry some more, or the hobby some more. Yeah, that that'd be awesome. And then, um, you know, I I really hope that, like you said, that this ignites. You know, this is a spark that ignites a fire. And um, you know, with RCGP, what they were trying to do, and they succeeded a little bit, but in the yeah. short amount of time that they were there of trying to bring this to a, a more active broadcast and like get it to a point where it's something that you can turn on ESPN two and watch the dirt nitro challenge or, you know, yeah, a normal it. club race, stuff like that. Cause I've had so many people they are like, Hey, where can we watch your races? Is there anywhere where it's broadcasted? What channel is it on? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that well, live RC has it. And they're like, well, well, what's the schedule? When's the next race? I'm like they're they they go on all the time, but you know you can look up live or see on YouTube. You can see the racing and the broadcast and the stuff that we do, and um, you know they're like, all right, cool, we'll check it out. But it's not as good for them as saying, hey, you know we're going to be racing this Saturday on mm-hmm. this channel at this time. Pre race is going to be this time, and you know I think it'd be awesome to be able to broadcast this on a bigger spectrum not not to the level of like nfl and nascar yeah, i get we'll, what you mean we'll never be that level at, at what this is but like we can get even, on espn 8 man <laughs> oh joe yeah even like even like the uh get as much publicity as a like small town dirt track racing well drone racing like let's let's start there and then go up you know go from there like when all this quarantine stuff was going on i'm like we're watching disc golf on ESPN, like, what is this? And marble like, racing, yeah, marble, hey, marble racing. racing. What's cool? Hey, what well, marble racing wasn't bad. I must, I will not. I would say I, I watched my fair share of marble racing. I but, watched a lot of it. I, I, I agree didn't watch with you. I totally agree with you. And hopefully, like, it's it's that conundrum. Like, how do we get this? How do we how do we get it? And sometimes it just takes like that little that little lucky video. Boom! Oh wow! And that could be it. Like, you know, like, cause kind of like after Lutz got his. It like it didn't, it 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 start it it did something, but then it just fizzled away. I mean, then we've had a lot happen since that. So yeah, but I mean, anything that goes viral, it doesn't last long. Like I'm not expecting this to last more than two days before life goes like before it's like it never happened. But that's just what happens. Like something is viral and it's viral really quick, and then it's just not anymore. You know, um. So we need like this spark is going to die out and then we're going to need another brighter, hotter spark spark to kick off the next one. And it's, it's going to have to be more stuff like this before, like on a national level or an international level, we get that publicity of, Hey guys, this is a thing. And this is a thing that people want to watch because nobody's going to want to like, no companies are going to want to start doing anything with RC until they see that they can put an investment in and get a return investment out of it. And you know what? That doesn't happen by catering to just RC people at RC tracks. No, it it doesn't. But, I mean, how many people who have never played football before watch NFL? How many people yeah. who don't know half the rules of baseball or golf watch those? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's 
we don't you don't need to know everything about our city to be entertained by it. No, of course not. Of course not. I, I agree with you, man. I preach this stuff on, on the podcast, you guys know <clears throat> whoever yeah. listens to my my ramblings. But um I love it. Chris does. I don't have that much time in the day. I know. I've listened to every single episode. I've even started listening to all the old ones again because <laughs> I've ran out of stuff to listen to. That's a lot, man. I haven't even listened to it. I was trying to do the best of the other day, and I was like, it's too much. I can't do this. <laughs> with with my job, I'm in my truck so much driving around that I, I just put a podcast on when I get out. Uh, instead of wearing earplugs with the blower I have, I have my headphones in, and I'm, I'm just steady listening to podcasts all day long. Well, I snorted like a pig just now. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you guys for coming on. I'm happy for you guys. Um, David, congratulations on getting second. Keep racing, dude. I'm glad to see you racing more Nitro. I've, you know, I think I'm, uh, I'm glad I, these guys influenced you to do that. Don't tell him to run E-Truggy, smoke joker. I, I, I do, I do want to put out, though, like, yeah, he finished second in Pro Nitro, which I think this might be, like, his sixth actual Nitro race. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a couple small races that don't count for anything but um you know he also he won pro e-buggy in a stacked e-buggy <clears throat> field like people who i don't think i've ever thought david could be like he, he beat reggie and he won and in, in a2 in a2 he wrecked on the first lap because he was being an idiot and yeah. then two laps he was later like, well, he's in the lead again like there we go the race yeah. is over like, I think within within I think three laps I was back in second. I went yeah. all the way down to last in like twelve cars. Sweet, Reggie's fast, man. Reggie is uh he's a good driver. He's been driving for a long time. I've been trying to get him he on his podcast, but he's super shy. super smooth. Yeah, yeah. And this I'll, is, I'll get him soon. Yeah, well that's how you do it. You're young, man. We we need more young guys like you. You you young, the younger generation. You Cody, all these young guys. You got you're the guys that's going to change RC. We're just trying, we have to lay the, found, the foundation for you guys, and then you guys have to take it from there. We need to get yeah. the old guard is getting older, and we need to. <clears throat> and I'm old enough, but I want to see things change. So, um, yeah, and that's one of the things that me and and Chris tried to do with David, and and <clears throat> you know, me and Chris, we're not going to take sole responsibility over David learning and David getting faster because it wasn't all us. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot of other people that influenced him, but you know, we seeing potential in in somebody, and then. Being like, hey, you know, we don't know everything, but we know we know some stuff that we can teach you that's going to help you later on down the line. And we always joke with David about, man, it, it must be nice to have your dad working on all your stuff. But, <laughs> you know, we, we joke about him. We joke with him about it. But, you know, realistically, like David's learned so much over the past two years that he's been racing that, you know, he does the work on, on his cars for the most part. There's sometimes that he's so busy with racing that he has to ask his dad to do something. But, um, you know, like a lot of stuff and it's what a lot of older people don't want, don't want to do. People who have been in the hobby for a Mm -hmm. while don't want to do, they don't want to take the time out of their day and try to focus on this younger generation because it's like, Oh, they're running a Traxxas slash. What I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother. Like, no, if you're not teaching these people, they're going to continue to get their ass waxed. On the track, they're going to be destroyed. People are going to yell at them. They're going to get frustrated. They're going to leave the hobby, like we've seen happen so many times. Yeah, we're too and it, what it, yeah, and what it takes is it takes people like us, like Keenan, Degani, hey, do Jeff Keaton. Eh, yeah, you don't. We know. 
Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it takes people who have been around longer and have just that little bit of knowledge to teach somebody who's younger, who's just starting out. And you're not going to teach them everything about RC, but they're going to learn from you. Now they're going to find this other person. They're going to learn a little bit of stuff from them. And before you know it, you've got another Ryan Cavallari, Ty Tessman, Ryan Mayfield. Like you've got another kid who has come up in RC and who has learned everything there is to learn and is now one of the fastest in the world. It's just you, you have to take that step and be willing to kind of put your stuff aside and try to teach somebody else. I agree like with, with you. me and Chris, with me and Chris, we know we're as fast as we're going to be. The only thing we can hope now is that we'll get a little bit more consistent. Like we know we're not going to get any faster. We're not going to compete on a pro level ever. But we know that we have knowledge that we can show and knowledge that we can teach to people who are just starting out, whether they're 15 years old or whether they're 25 years old, you know? So it's. And you, know. you have fun. That's the main thing. Yeah. It, we yeah, have I mean, a lot Friday of night. Fun. We oh, were <laughs> drunk, <laughs> and I was up till three thirty in the morning pumping water off the track, and then still had to drive home. Yep. And just for clarification, just at Sumter RC, it's in Sumter, South Carolina. Yeah. Sumter RC Raceway in uh, Sumter, South Carolina, right next to Shire Force Base. Sweet. I've actually went to that track back in two thousand five, but I think it's in a different position now. Maybe you might have you might have been to Proving Grounds. One at Dillon Park. I think 2005, I think we were still in, at Dillon Park. Okay. Then we moved to Proving Grounds 2 in, um, <clears throat> at a Shaw Park. All right. Which is, I don't know, five minutes down the road. Sweet. Well, I'm gonna, I want you guys to uh, thank you guys for doing that. I, I'm super happy for you guys. Well chuffed. Um, let me know if anything else happens. And um, I think hopefully this starts something, man. But it's better than nothing. So Yeah. And uh, congratulations. Uh, go ahead. You guys can shout out to your sponsors or whatever, whoever you want to shout out to real quick. Go ahead, Joker. You go first. <laughs> um, just shout out to, uh, to Pete from Fierce RC Solutions, a.k.a. Racing, Chris down at uh, down in Leadfinger, um, Mark Samuelson, Samuelson Designs, um, and all my teammates at, uh, at 810 Racing and, uh, and Nitro Pro. And then uh, – Special shout out to Steve Downs, who he's working on getting his uh his decal sticker shirt company, um, working on getting that going and does an awesome job yeah, um, at Trick Slip Graphics. I think Steve Downs is the guy who got the van unlocked for me at PMB last year, and I locked the keys in there. Yeah, I think it was him. You you would be the one, Keenan. I did. You would be the one. <laughs> yep. I've done that twice. I've done that twice. First time was in the middle of some Florida Everglades with Trent. Yeah, I was. Scared. Florida is not the place you want to be locked out of your not vehicle. Not where we was. Yeah. Uh, how about yeah, you, Chris? Seriously. Go ahead. Give a shout. Uh, Got to thank uh, Fierce RC. Pete up there really helped me out a lot this year. <clears throat> of course, J Concepts. Been with them for a few years now. Nitro Pro. I run their fuels and their servos that they just popped out. 810 Racing, of course, and Samuelson Designs for my killer paint jobs the past few years. Sweet. And Mr. Young, David Olson, how about you? Um, I just want to say thanks to everybody at the Techno team for the support. Um, Hobby Wing, they have amazing electronics. We run them all since I've been racing. Um, Brian Lewis of ProLine helped me out this year. Great tires. Um, Brent at Beach RC, more of a local toward me. Um, he's helped me out. Uh, Fierce RC Pete with Fierce RC helped me out. Appreciate everything. Um, 
lead finger racing, Chris Schaefer. Um, I've been running his bodies now and been liking them. Uh, Dean Lloyd and um, Drew Zinger with Nitro Pro. Their servos are really awesome. They're running their nitro fuel. Um, and uh, Joker and Chris with A10 Racing and, and Mark Samuelson with, eight, well, uh, with Samuelson Designs for my also killer paint schemes. That also won concourse at the Enats last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, E-Truck won concourse at Enats. So. Yeah, Samuelson Designs has a national title now. Yeah. yeah. You won E... No, I was going to be rude. But um, anyway, <laughs> and to your dad, because your dad... Um... Yeah, my dad. He's the biggest one of all. Can't, can't do anything without him. So. Sweet. Well, congratulations, guys, and good work. And I hope um, something comes out of this for you guys. And thank you for coming on the podcast. And I will see you crazy... You know what's at the next race? <laughs> right, Hopefully, you make it to Wicked. I hope so. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna move her, and you know how it is when you move. Women just oh, yeah. find ways to make you spend a whole bunch of money that you don't need to spend. So <laughs> we shall see. Yep. But I do want to go Wicked. I really do, and it's a race that I've always wanted to go to. It's uh, so I'm definitely trying to get make it there. So cool. All right. Well, yep. thank you, and talk to you guys later. Later. See ya. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC. Excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. What's going on, everybody? Joining me this week on the podcast is a name you might have heard a few times. We have mentioned him quite a few times. Myself, Greg Degani, uh, Joseph, Bruno Coelho, um, Jao Figueredo as probably one of the most talented and consistent uh, eight-scale drivers of all time. He is from Portugal. He's probably the first, I would say... The first Portuguese guys that I got to know about in eight scale racing when I was in it before, I'd like to welcome the unretired Miguel Matias. How are you, Miguel? Hey, everyone. Hi, Keenan. Um, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, let's start this. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, honestly, I didn't even know you spoke English. I was talking to Fernando Pires. I think he was at his track the other day. Um, yes. Coelho, and he sent me a yes. video of you driving one hand. I think you and Joseph need to dr- uh, have a race one handed. I think he can beat you. I think he can beat you two handed, but I definitely think he can beat you one handed because he's pretty fast. But you was doing pretty good. Okay, okay, and <laughs> I can do that sometimes. Yes, we should. Yeah, I still. I, and uh, Joseph, uh, you can tell him I still have his uh, radio, the electronics. Oh yeah, here at my house. Yeah. <laughs> I I've, I didn't even know you drove for him, but um, till I saw it, I was looking into it. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But I said, Fernando, okay. um, does Miguel speak English? And he goes, yes, very good English. I said, I want him on the podcast. That's the only reason I haven't <laughs> asked you all this time, because I didn't think you speak English. So that was very nice, ignorant okay. of me. So I apologize. But thank you for coming <laughs> on. Um, yeah, no problem. So it's not my, my first language, my native language, but... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
I can get around. Yeah, that's good. Um, very good. So you are when pe when people think of of racing, <clears throat> especially eight scale nowadays, they think of Coelho a lot because you know Coelho is very talented, and you know he's very talented on road driver, two time world champion in off road, talented in I, I think anything he touches, he's really good at. Yao Figueredo yes. also comes to to mind, but I think it kind of I'm not saying it started with you, but I think when I talk to those guys, they always mention you. You know what I mean? So yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, because yeah, go ahead. Sorry, probably because probably all of those guys when they were born, I was already driving. So maybe that's yeah, that's why they they, they talk about me. Yeah, um, but let's yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. You've been around for a while, but you're not even really that old. Like you know what I mean? You're still a young man. Well, you're my age. I think you're even younger than me. I think, but um, I'm 42. Yeah, in a month, I'll be 49. 49? 30, 39. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I go 42 in July. So, um, okay. Good a stuff. little bit older. <laughs> yeah. So, let's just talk a little bit from you. You're from Estoril, Portugal. Um, yes. I was looking online. It's a beautiful place. It's tourist. It's a tourist area, correct? Yes. Look. It's a very, very, very nice place to, to live. The uh, weather is very good. It's safe uh, near the sea. Well, it has everything. Yeah, it looks very nice, man. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful. I was looking at this. Like, I've never heard of this. You know, I know a lot of Portuguese. I grew up with a lot of Portuguese friends in, in Bermuda. One of my best friends, Salty Joe, is, uh, is Portuguese. And so I'm... I've been immersed in the Portuguese culture from very young. You know, I used to always go to my friend's house and I used to love Portuguese. Like you could tell I'm fat. I used to love Portuguese donuts. I used to love um, the bread. Oh, yeah, the food gosh. is very good. Oh, man. All over Portugal. So good, man. I used to enjoy it. In fact, our natural, our Sunday morning dish, every Sunday we have bacalao and potatoes in, in Bermuda. And it's considered a traditional Bermudian breakfast, but it came from the Portuguese when they came. Yeah, that's not our breakfast. <laughs> yeah, but they they adapted the bacalao. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. So, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Joseph, he he spent quite a while here, uh, even in my house, yeah. and um, he would probably get diabetes just by <laughs> eating so much sugar and sweets we have here, just for breakfast, and and he will eat it basically all day long. So he enjoyed that also. Yeah. So yeah, here the food is pretty good. It's beautiful, man. I want to go there so bad. One day, hopefully I get over there. Uh, like you said, the Euros are there next year. So fingers crossed. Fingers yes. crossed. Yeah, a little bit more to the north. But yeah, food there is also really, really good and less expensive also. So okay. good place to be. Well, let's talk about how you got started in RC. Um, yeah, just tell us uh, a brief little, a small, brief little history how you got started. What was your first car? When did you start racing? Uh, that was a long time ago. Well, being brief, um, in my family there was always a history of racing, but usually or rally cars or bikes. Uh, my great-great-grandfather started with rally, and then my father also uh, drove uh, motorbikes on-road and off-road. 
and also my mother drove uh, on-road bikes. So, but really, your mom uh, used to race on-road bikes. Yes. Oh wow. Exactly. So it basically was in the blood, and uh, when I was five year old, um, my father had an accident, and uh, it stopped his career. On, on motorbikes and uh it shook up a little bit all of my family and uh they knew i would be uh wanting to go and, and raise something mm-hmm. so my father once uh, went to a store and saw rc cars and he thought it would be a good idea to to do some racing like that it would be safer so he did and then uh like a year after that, I, I also wanted to go with him. And uh, that's how I started. I started at age seven and uh, did it basically almost until today. What was your first car? Do you remember? Of course. Uh, it was a four-wheel drive electric. The name of the car was a PB. PB. I'm going to have to Google that. PB. Yeah. I can send you a picture. Awesome. Yeah, I'll do that. It would be great. I'll put it up when I, when I do this. Did you okay. did you immediately start racing? How was the how was the race scene in Portugal in the 80s during this time? At that time, uh, electrics, they didn't have a national. They only had, uh, I don't know if you can call it a club race. It was more like a store race. Uh, we had a, a small track in Lisbon. And uh, it was the only track. So we went there almost every weekend to, to practice and then to, to race also. How was the track? Was it, um, was it like super rough, like, like old school, Lermy type of track? Yeah, old school kind of track. All right. uh, bumpy, poorly done, poorly maintenance didn't have a rostrum or it was on a hill so it was pretty basic how did it advance from there um was there other tracks in portugal at this time that you traveled to did you start traveling to different uh areas of portugal to race uh, not at first uh it was maybe five years later we started to have also the two-wheel drives the, the druggies and and doing some uh, on roads uh, electric also and then we started going more out of the or at least one okay now at, i was reading at some point you kind of went stuck with on road only for for some time when did that come about and why did you make that decision to only do on road um just basically because the only tracks we had were 1.8 tracks, and it's not a lot of fun to drive a 110, especially at that time, 110 electric on a 1.8 track, especially the old school, really rough tracks. So it was better to, to have a, an on-road track because the surface is it's almost the same everywhere. And uh, it was just better. Uh, better conditions. That's why I changed. And also, in um, 
96, I think, there were going to be the 110 scale, the old 110, 110, 300, I think, the rear wheel drive. Mm -hmm. There was going to be the the Euros here near my house. And uh, it was a good occasion to to start uh, driving at a higher level. And uh, that's when we changed to to gas cars. Was that the, um, oh, I forget what it's called. You know who used to tell me about that? Um, He's from Argentina. Oh, Nicolas Brogante. Um, It's Mm -hmm. like a, I think it had a a 21 engine and it was all rear-wheel drive, very hard to drive. Yes. Yeah, I forget the name of it. Yes. He um he's a really good driver from um Argentina. Uh, Joseph and I met him, and he was telling me about it. And uh, he was like, "That's how we really learned how to drive." Because that's the he said that was so hard to drive, so hard. To, I didn't even yeah, think it had were. suspension or something. If I recall, if I recall, no, they they had okay. They had suspension. They had basically everything we have these days. The serpent guys they also had the telemetry and all. But they, they were harder to drive, no doubt. For sure. How did you make out of that Euros? Well, funny story. Um, we've, I've never made uh, a 45-minute uh, final uh, at that point. So I was in third place in the final. I was driving a Mugen. And uh, I think it was the first Mugen to go to a, a final in uh, 110 at the Euros, at least. And uh, wasn't the best car. And uh, I was driving uh, in third place and at the 30-something or 40-minute mark, uh, I ran out of battery. So we had to change that and I finished sixth, I think. Wow, that's some bad luck. But so what happened after that? I'm sorry, go ahead. Not, 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 not really bad luck. I think it was just <laughs> <laughs> poorly maintenance or no experience. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. But it wasn't bad luck. But, I mean, even back then, we're talking about 45 minutes. Battery technology was completely different back then as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So For sure. And, and I also changed to, to gas cars because at the time, it, it was just impossible if you wanted to go to a Euros mm-hmm. or Worlds and, and battle with the best, uh, you wouldn't have any chance of, of being with them. Um, batteries, you wouldn't have access, uh, speedos. It was really, really hard to, to compete with those guys. I would, I would reckon basically that... It was impossible. Yeah, yeah, Portugal wasn't getting much attention, I would say. Very Zero. small market. Yeah, even these days, it's, yeah. it's market-wise, uh, if you're talking about like the scale of uh, the U.S., this is a small store, let's put it this way. So it's even to get a sponsor or something like that, it's it's nearly impossible. Yeah. Who were some of your early influences uh, back in this day? Who were the fast guys you looked up to in Portugal or even in Europe? Okay, that was also a long time ago. Let me see. Uh, in Portugal, um, I didn't have. I have a. I had a lot of friends, obviously, but I didn't have 
anyone to to really look up to i think uh in europe from the euros i've i've been when i was kids uh there was two drivers uh, i usually look up to or remember one was uh craig dressler mm-hmm. obviously and the other one was uh i think i'm pronouncing it right it's yuka stanari ah yeah that's joseph hero yeah yeah awesome driver also yeah yuka stanari at the time they were the two guys to beat yeah joseph loved yuka stanari <laughs> um yeah. well he's from finland so yeah i guess yeah good stuff Yeah. All right. Well, those are two good guys to look up. I've heard nothing but positive things about Craig uh, Drescher. Uh, I definitely yeah. another person I need to get on the podcast. Um, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. So, how was your dad? Now, was your dad racing as well? Or was he just being your mechanic at this time? At this time, at this in the beginning, we both drove, and he was the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Not long after, he, he started just doing my car, and uh, I would drive, and he would just do the mechanics. After that, that making that final in the Euros, did you get some attention? Did you get some more sponsors, anything like that? Uh, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Not really. Uh, on road until not long ago, it was a scale that didn't have a lot of people Not not as uh, one eight off road, and uh, also if you wanted to to be on top, it's it's a lot about gasolines you're using, mm-hmm. the, the kind of engines. If you are yeah, and on road it's difficult. If you have the support of uh, a factory, you can make it. If not, it's it's really difficult because you don't have access to those parts. In those parts, it's like F one, and it's it's really really important. It's yeah. not like, of course, you know, it is. I mean, uh, on off road that you can drive the hell out of the car and and do good. Uh, if you're in an F1, you can be whoever you you'll be, and if you don't have a car, you will not get even close to the front guys. That's for sure. So, yeah. when did you kind of start switching your focus to eight scale nitro? Nitro. It was one year before uh, the '98 Worlds here in Portugal. What was the reason? Just just saw that yeah, it, the Worlds was oh, it in was Portugal coming. once yeah. again. Yeah, so we we thought it would be a good opportunity to to do an international race, and uh, there were always at that point uh, a lot of talking about the kid from electrics that everyone says that it's a good driver, but will mm-hmm. probably not be able to drive a gas car. And I was really young and uh, people didn't think much about me. So, and my father was also very competitive and uh, he loved it, also a good challenge. So we made the, the, the switch to to one eight. And uh, we saw this was a good opportunity because um, you can basically buy a car, an engine, tires, everything in a store and go to the worlds and uh, have a chance of winning it. So it was a, a good scale to, to go and, and try to, to go big. 
what what was your first eight scale nitro car? Uh, MP5. Okay, so you was a yeah. Kyosho guy. See, me and you would have been enemies. Yeah. Because back, well, back no, in '98, I'm, I was a Mugen guy, and I disliked Kyosho with the passions of the the passion of a thousand suns heat. Because um, it was only two cars you could really run back then. Anyway, it was Kyosho, Mugen, yeah. maybe the Thunder Tiger. The Thunder Tiger was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then, I've I've never seen uh, competition or even in life. Uh, I don't I don't judge people for what they drive or or whatever. It's I'm, it's just. Or you're good, or you're bad, and it's, it's like I'm this. Just joking. I have friends all all over, and uh, no, I was never a fanatic about uh, a brand. Uh, I drove Kyosho for eleven years, so mm -hmm. for oh, me, wow, it's really? it's a company that I I really like, and unfortunately, it took uh, a turn to the worst, but. No. It's, it's life. Hopefully, in the future, it will be better. Yeah, I'm only joking about that. That's my running joke. Even I tell Mick Craddock <laughs> that I uh, that I didn't like it. So the worlds were in '98. Is that track still around? Where was the track? What was it called? Uh, it was in Coimbra, um, and uh, these days it's an on-road track. Mm. Layout is different. Everything is different. Only the the rostrum is the same, and it's in the same place. It's the layout is different and it's an on road track, so I've haven't gone there in a long, long time. Must have been something seeing all the top guys coming to that race. Who were who were some of the top pros in that time that uh came to that race? Do you remember? The worlds mm -hmm. in ninety eight. Uh, I'm really bad with names, but mm -hmm. uh obviously uh, Daniel Records mm -hmm. he won. Uh La Franchi at the time, also. There were a couple of other uh, French guys. Yannick, also. Uh, I don't know. Kanai was there. Uh, who else? I don't know. Lacha. Lacha. Lacha also. I remember yeah. him. Yeah. Good stuff. He was a good man. driver. How did you make really all of that world? At that worlds, at that worlds, uh, I won one heat of uh, qualifying. Mm. I finished third, and uh, at the end of qualifying, and uh, I win. I won my my semi. Then I started from I don't know sixth or seventh in the grid. There were only ten on the final, mm -hmm. and uh, in the first lap. I was put out by someone. I, I finished first lap and in last. And uh, I, I went to refuel and got out in first, in the first refueling. Then my engine just died. So we tried to, to do everything to it, but the, the OS engine just at that time yes. wasn't able to, to do mm -hmm. the whole final. And uh, actually, at um, at that time, the, the OS guys they sent me two engines, but uh, the Portuguese distributor uh, kept one to himself mm. and only gave me one. So uh, he screwed you. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if I could use that word here, but uh, yeah, yeah, I was of screwed. Of 
course you can. You can use whatever yeah. word you want here. Um, <laughs> wow, well, there are some limits. But um, yeah, I remember Greg was telling me that back in the day, you kind of had to have two of those engines, one just for qualifying and one for your final. Yeah, I went to to, to the OS guy and uh, after the, the semi and told him that the engine wasn't the same. It was losing power and uh, there was something weird. And uh, he told me, oh, no, no problem. And because he thought he, I, I was already using the second engine. And uh, he said, I'll just try and tune it and I'll listen to it. And if it's okay, you can you can go to the, the A-Main. And he did, but he messed up also. And uh, after the first refueling, uh, the engine just stopped and stopped and stopped and, and there was nothing I can do and I just gave up and, and I finished 10th at that world. But, I mean, for your first world, you won a qualifier, win your semi, and you make the final, you had to have um, made a, somewhat of a name for yourself after that first world. People must have started paying attention to you. Uh, yeah, that, that was the first time they, they started paying attention and then... That was when the Kyushu guys started paying attention, and that was when I started being sponsored. Now, basically. was you just like sponsored with free stuff, or was you like an actual pro driver? Did you get paid a salary? Was they helping you out with no, travel? No, no, at that time, at that time, no. At that time, they only uh, from that time on, they mm -hmm. only started sending me the all the parts I needed. Okay, but then for a while. They would send me like ten things, and I only received like two or three. Okay, the distributor the, the was Portuguese, right? Yeah, he was just stealing from me uh, until the Kyoshu Masters. I don't know which one it was, but it was the the, the opening race for the MP seven point five, and uh, only the top drivers had the, those cars for the presentation. And uh, there was a guy from Portugal that also had a seven uh, MP seven point five. Yeah, everyone was who's that guy? And they came to me and asked me who the guy was, and I told him his name. And they asked me why does he have that car? I don't know. Asked hmm. the Portuguese distributor, and I also asked them if they could spare me some parts because I didn't have any parts for the car. Really? And they, they said, it's like, why? We've sent you a lot of, two or three boxes of spares and two or three cars. And you know, I don't know. I only have this car. I don't have spare parts. I don't have anything. Oh, man, he and, was taking uh, your parts and selling them. Giving them yeah. to that guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and from then on, I think I was the first and only uh, driver that Kyoshu had that would receive all the, the parts directed to, to his house. All the other drivers would send to the distributor and then distribute it to their houses. I was the first and only guy that would receive the all the parts at his house directly from Kyosha. Really? That must have really pissed that guy off. Pissed off? Yeah, well, I would piss off Kyosha. Yeah, too. it was pissing me off. Yeah. But. I didn't really care about uh, the, the guy. And, uh, mm -hmm. He was an old guy, and mm -hmm. uh, I would like to kick his ass, but just too old for me to kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what happened after then? Um, you're on, 
Kayosho, you go to the Kayosho Masters, you start receiving your parts. Uh, how does your yeah. career? Um, okay, so what are you doing? You're what about how old are you now at this time? At this time, I was at the Worlds. I was I just finished doing 18, I think. Okay, so I was 18. You're out of school. What are you doing? Are you in school? Are you in college? What What are I, you doing? I'm in. I'm in. I'm in school. Okay. I'm in school, and um, there was another turning point in my career when just uh, before the Worlds in Uruguay, mm -hmm. the the Kyoshi owner Suzuki, uh, the father of the, the two brothers, and then. They ruined a little bit of Kyosho. Uh, he came up to me and uh, he asked me directly, um, do you want to be pro, do this for, for a living? Or do you want to stay in school and finish school and someday be something else? And I was direct with him. I, I'm, I'm going to finish school. I want to be, be a, an architect and uh, I want to have something else if this goes wrong. So... And he said, okay, no problem. Uh, we'll continue with you with the conditions we have. And uh, we go from there. That's actually a very yeah. smart thing you've done. Um, yeah, I think so too. Because even Greg, uh, he was still, I think he was probably probably a pro at that time too. And um, he went to Uruguay. Okay. But he also was uh, working for, with his grandfather in the clock business and yes, learning all that clock stuff. business. Yeah. So, wow, that that would, I don't know, man. If I was your age, that would have been me. I probably would have been, yeah, man, I'll, t I'll be a pro. But I also know the salaries wasn't that great back then either. So, yeah, crazy. Wow. Yeah, for, for me, for me at the time, it, it could have been a, a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, I think so. At that time, they had a lot of drivers, and I knew that a lot of drivers were receiving a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not only the, the, the money you get from the, the car brands, it's, it's the whole package. Mm -hmm. And you have tires and you have, and, and Kyosho at that time, they, they had the power to, to speak with other companies and uh, give you whatever you wanted. Literally, they would give you whatever you wanted. Uh, I've, I've been six times to Japan to drive at Kyosho Masters Japan and then to be at the factories and and they would pay for everything. They would be awesome with you. Really, really awesome always. I remember Greg, he, he would say that like if you didn't make, well, on his side, I guess the American side was a little bit different. Um, uh, different, run out of different circumstances from Europe. But he would say if you didn't make a final at a big race, you was off the team or you was rele relegated to B team. And he says, he says, Kyosho or the, the people who have a in distributed Kyosho at that time just made it really super competitive and stressed guys out a lot over there. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, yeah. I never was the A team. So, oh, I mean, I don't know. I think it was in Europe too. It was different. I don't know if it was run by Great Plains or whatever over there. Um, in America. I never, I never, I never felt that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I, I was never on the A team per se. Uh, maybe I don't know, I don't know. But I, I never felt that. They, they, at least they never told me that. 
directly or indirectly. I don't know. It's the first time I'm hearing about it. Oh, it, I think he said it on the podcast when I interviewed him. Oh, he says it. He always says it to me. <clears throat> so how did you make out in that 2002 world in Uruguay? That was also a funny story. Uh, basically, uh, my race was ruined uh, because of tires. At the time, we were using Gandini tires. If they were alleged, they had all kinds of names. But at that time, the, the at that track, uh, we would do like I don't know, ten minutes, and we ran out would just ran out of tires. And uh, all the pro line guys were okay with tires, and we were just having a lot of problems with tires. I was uh, top qualifier, non pro line, I think. I was like in sixth and uh, fifth or or in seventh, and then right on top of me was was Kanai, running also pro line I think, and uh, that year we we wouldn't be able to to fight for a for a podium because we would run out of tires and it would be really really difficult, and uh, to help uh, on my semi. Uh, I would bump up, but uh, my battery broke. The, the NIM battery, it just broke. So I had to retire on the, on the semifinal. Bad luck. That's bad luck. A lot of people have bad luck in that yeah. race. You know, Craig, uh, yeah, Ch- yeah. Saxton running out of fuel, missing his pit yeah. stop running out of fuel, Chad Bradley breaking a damn pipe. Yeah. You know, yeah. the only Chad person who Bradley, had good luck. I think was the, the, the worst he got the worst on, uh, well, on that race. Yeah, you know who didn't have good bad luck? It was Greg. He had good luck, and yeah, Greg. I think when he finished, uh, there were like two or three parts of his car that were coming apart, but just didn't. So he drove well, but uh, at that time, I, I don't know. Even in the next two or three worlds. I've never seen the, the the fastest guy or the guy that deserved to win mm-hmm. was the guy that won. Actually, that's a good that's a good statement because um, I'm going to ask you about that here in a little bit. Well, let, well, let's talk about that. I mean, here we have yeah. that's you know what? I don't know if you caught any of the RCGP stuff that we done that Joseph done and whatnot, but I've heard so many people say the same thing you say. And I heard everybody saying they want the, the world should be something different, maybe a series where deter- like that actually determines who the fastest guy is, fastest and consistent, you know, not just of one race, yeah. not who's lucky. To, I mean, not everybody's lucky. Let's let's be realistic. It's a hard race to win. It uh, it's the hardest race to win in RC. Period. I think so that's why there's only been one person to do it twice. But what yeah. you say is true. So we, and we are still doing it. Like, I love the worlds. I love it. I, th- I was looking forward to going to Brazil this, this year, but unfortunately we can't. But we have to change something, man. We really do. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the race everyone wants to win. And it's, it's, I think it's bigger if it's only one. I think it's more fair if it's like three races. Uh, sure, it's, it, it, if it's four or five or six races, it's, it's even better also. But 
I think it, the industry needs to, first it needs to be helped, uh, marketing-wise, from the federations and all, to, to, to grow into something that is able to, to do those four or five or six races a year mm-hmm. to, to, to do the Worlds. You know, um, I, I don't think we are all already there. I think we, we need to work on that. But, uh, yeah, for sure, it's, it's a good idea to have more than one race to, to declare the, the, the winner. You know, Joseph started this whole vote for lefty if my president thing. I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook. Um, Not yet. But we I, just, I'm, uh, right, I'm not a really big fan of uh, Facebook. Facebook. I, I do it because of work, work-related. And um, I've been off of it a little bit on the, on the ERC part, uh, just... Mm-hmm couple of years um, I'm not that active anymore mm-hmm. so if it's something new I don't I really don't I'll send it to you know anything about it I'll send okay, it to okay. you it, but we want okay. we want to ask questions we're asking questions we need we need to change some stuff right? and I think the people want change yeah. too so it's yeah for sure if it, it, it needs to, to to evolve we have like drones they, they mm-hmm. came out of nothing and they got bigger than us. And I don't know if there's a bigger reason than it's it's marketing, it's just marketing. Uh, we're investing probably too much in trips, vacations, and stuff, uh, <laughs> and not as much in uh, where the money should have gone. I agree. Uh, marketing, I, I agree. think uh, it, it it could be uh, very very big this sport, but maybe. Some guys, uh, it, it doesn't interest them. Uh, they don't have any interest in mm-hmm. getting bigger. It, it, for them, it's enough, you know. And if it gets bigger, it probably gets out of their control and uh, some people don't like it. I agree with you. I agree 100% with you. So, you refused to go drive for Kayosho. You finished school. How much, how much longer did you have in school after the... Uh, after that offer from Kyosho? I still had six years in front of me. Wow. Of school, yeah. So Until you, I had my, my, my degree on architecture. So you go in school, you're racing RC cars, are you traveling yeah. frequently in these six years? Yeah. Uh, in these six years in, in architecture, you have to, to study, mm-hmm. obviously. But you have to work a lot also, doing all the models, and blueprints, and it's, it's a lot of work. Not also, the, the, you have to study, but you have to, to make presentations and make models, and it's, it's a lot of work also. So it's, it's uh, time-consuming, and uh, I didn't have a lot of time. I was... Or I was at school, or I was racing. I was at school, I was racing. It's it's it wasn't easy times for me. I could imagine nights without sleeping, and uh, yeah, it it took quite a an effort to to do both. Did you race frequently though? Was you able to go race a lot Euros and? Well, you won the Euros in two thousand and three. So yes, yeah, and in two thousand and two, I finished fourth. Because in the last minute, 
my uh, what do you call it? The clutch bearing, the 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 gears they just broke. I was leading uh, about with ten seconds in front of uh, Daniel Records and uh, two laps for the finish. It it, it just stopped working and uh, finished fourth on that one. That was a really tough blow, and uh, but we recovered and next year we we went out and we won it. So and that was where I was really proud of it. Yeah, where was that? England. Oh, in England. Sands. Yeah. Sweet. What? The, any memories yeah. from winning that? Anything that 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 weekend? Like you knew you was gonna do it. Any like. Was anything different that you can remember about that weekend, or was it just you just full of confidence, or you know, because you know the Euros is a no, big one, thing to win. One of the the my big uh, memories from that time was my father driving on the wrong side of the road because we're in England, right? And uh, I think it was the first time he drove on the other side, so <laughs> that was fun. Uh, that was a good memory. But yeah, we had uh, Regan LeBlanc uh, pitting for us. Uh, my father brought him uh, overseas, and uh, it worked really, really well. Really well. Without him, uh, we wouldn't have uh, won it. Uh, he was my pit guy, and uh, my car actually flamed out at the end of the pits, and he went to get the car. He got some burn really bad burn on his forearm and uh after he did some crazy stuff just to every time my car pitted the engine would go really really rich and if he wouldn't put him in a certain position it would flame out but he did a perfect job and we we managed to to bring him all the way to to the end and uh, winning that race was was special it was a who, good weekend. Who was your biggest competition that weekend at that race? Daniel Rackworthy, once again. At yeah. that time, he was on his game. He was probably the best guy to to race with. You beat him. You beat him. Yeah. At that race, uh, I, I did. Yeah. All right. And you're still going to the Worlds. Did you do the Worlds in 2004? Did you go, um, oh, yeah, 2002, 2004 in, in Sweden. Yep, Sweden. That crazy track with the uh, that hill, yep. like shaped like an M, rocks. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Quartz and was killing really, the owner of the track. Uh, I remember yeah, all that stuff. Was, yeah. That was uh, also a good and crazy race at uh, almost on road track with a very very bumpy track on the well, like two different tracks. Yeah, there was the concrete parts, and then there was the like moon-shaped part of the track mm-hmm. that made it hard to for everyone. And those rocks that were getting your flywheel and flaming yeah, the car. That, that, yeah, that was my problem. I was leading, and then uh, my car flamed out uh, almost at the line, so I lost three laps. I lost three laps before I, I went to the, the track. I was three laps behind. And I finished second, I think, 14 seconds behind 
Guillaume Vray, the, the winner. Really? Wow. You was yeah. that close. That was close, dude. Was that the one that slipped away? Yeah. I, I, that was one of them. Uh, I had three. I had the, the, in Portugal. I, I was really, really fast. That would, could have been mine. I had uh, Las Vegas, and I had this one in, in Sweden. Wow. So, oh, yeah, we, we, we forgot all about Las Vegas in 2000. Yeah. I, I would like to forget about it also, but yeah, <laughs> what it happened? <laughs> what happened in Vegas? Well, it stays in Vegas, I think. Ah, uh, okay. But, no, uh, to start, it was a huge track. Uh, no one was used to anything like it. And um, there was a warm-up that I didn't went. Uh, the track was like 10 times smaller, and uh, it had almost nothing to do with the, the actual track. And uh, at that point, uh, everyone wanted to probably uh, or an American to win. It would be very good for, for marketing or uh, can I? So there were some parts that uh, I never got and uh, that made me also lo lose that race. Uh, and I wasn't really happy about it. Uh, until Saturday, I think. We didn't have the, the, the new diffs that came out for that race, the LSD ones, and a couple of other small parts. And uh, we were struggling the, the whole week. And uh, at that point, we went to, to Kanai to, to speak a little bit uh, with him. And uh, I remember, like it, it was today, I went, me, my father, and my mechanic at the time, and we went to, to his pit uh, near the Kyushu tent, the container, and uh, we told him that there was something missing, and uh, they all started laughing, and uh, they gave us some of the parts. They gave us the, the, the LSDs and... and some other stuff. And uh, my father asked him, that, but how does this work? Uh, how, how we just build it. it. It was different at the time. and We didn't know what to, to expect from it. And they told us, uh, ah, just forget about it because now it's, it's just too late. And my father was like, okay. We went back to our room and... Uh, the next day we went, it was the, the day off, uh, and we went to find the, the, the track that did the, the warm-up. And we stayed there for like four or five hours testing those, those diffs and everything, and also some tires from, uh, from Gandini. And uh, we got a good setup, and everything started to, to work well. Then we went to the quarterfinals, and we finished second in the last lap. It was a crazy, crazy quarterfinal because there were only three bump-ups. And uh, at the time, I don't know who won. Then it was Yannick, me, and another guy, I don't know who it was. 
and um, the guy in front just just had a big lead. Then it was just me, Yannick, and the other guy for the last uh, two spots. And I only got it on the last lap. And uh, I think Yannick was the guy that was second and was the the biggest loser at that time. He, he finished fourth, so he didn't bump up. And it was a crazy, crazy, nervous, wrecking uh, quarterfinal. I bumped up. Uh, I went to the semi. The semi. I don't know if I won it. Or I finished second. And I started the final in third. Uh, it, everything was working well. And at the time, uh, also on qualifying, everyone was breaking the rear shaft, the, the suspension shaft, because I think it was uh, only 2.7 diameter. And uh, at the time, only you can check that there were the only drivers that didn't broke the, those shafts. Uh, Kyosho, the, the container, they, they, they ran out of the, those parts. Everyone was crazy about that. And uh, the cars were just breaking all the shafts and uh, they didn't know uh, what was happening. Uh, or better, they knew, but they only gave those parts to to the guys that they wanted. And uh, even Daniel Records was struggling. Also, we were doing everything, doing giving it more spacing on the, on the arms, uh, putting some heat to the to the shafts to to make it more flexible. We were trying everything, but it, it just wasn't working properly. And uh, in the final, uh, I think there's there was a film. Uh, I started third. I got to fourth, then third again, then second. And uh, I think at the half an hour mark, uh, I passed Kanai. And uh, I just went away. I was just faster. And uh, all of a sudden, the, after the, the, the back triple, uh, my car exit the, the, the jump and uh, the shaft broke again. So I only had uh, three shocks on my car. Uh, I immediately got into the pits. Um, my mechanics, they, 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 didn't, they didn't know why I came in. Uh, the rostrum was very, very high. I was screaming, but they didn't listen. Uh, they just refueled and put my car again on the track. I did like almost half a lap and the spring got into the to the wheel and my car stopped. They got my car back. I changed the, the, the shock. We all already had a shocked mounted, uh, pre-mounted just to, to be safe. We knew it, it would probably break as it did before. And I lost three minutes with that. And, uh, I went back to the track and finished third. I think three or four seconds behind uh, Daniel Records and one lap behind Kanai. So if you take those three minutes out, I would probably, or most probably, was won that one also. Wow. I never knew that. So that's three worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Three worlds that you almost won. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, hey, it's man. just something that wasn't meant to be, so you have to, to live with it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. So, what, you, what, you got three po- What's that? Two, three podiums? No, two? No, two in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. I have second, third, and tenth. And at the Euros, I have, I don't know, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. I have the, the, the whole thing. Did you so? Oh, wow, I didn't. I didn't know that, man. That's a heartbreaking story, though. But that seems yeah, about right. It is what it is. Yeah, I had a, I had good fun. Wow, <clears throat> you would have been a world champion two times in a row. Well, yeah, not in a row, but well, it's, yeah, probably in a row. Yeah, ninety-eight. It is what it is. It is what it is. It's, it's racing. Yes, it's, it is. It's like it's, that. It's called racing. It's not called winning. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so you get out of school, doing your six years. What happens then? That's so uh, ninety-eight. They all, two thousand. They off two thousand two. So two thousand eight out of school, right? Or was yeah, it before that? Exactly. Uh, it's two thousand and seven. Okay. And uh, at the time, I went to work as an architect in my grandfather's uh, business. At two two thousand and eight, business everywhere uh, especially in the United States 2008 was a bad year mm-hmm. then it uh, went a little bit bad until 2012 over here and uh, I decided the work that we started doing here wasn't the work I really loved doing uh, it was more rebuilding houses and what I had like is to to design space and then and, and to to make it my thing and uh, from the ground up. So I decided for a couple of years to just do RC, and uh, that was what I did also. So who did you in two thousand and eight? Was it who did you sign for? What team did you go race for? Your first, I should say, uh, your first team that sh- paid you. With Kyoshu, I was already paid. Okay. Then I went to GS. They wanted to to make uh, to develop their car, mm-hmm. a new car. And uh, I also got out of uh, Kyoshu because they weren't developing as the the, the drivers wanted. It was more like a. a a nice car, not a Kyosho or driver's car. So uh, I went my own way and um, I started that new project. I thought it was, they had the power to do it. But uh, unfortunately, after my first report, uh, they closed shops. So that wasn't a lot of fun, but still had a good time with them. Uh, I don't think they, they finished the year with like seven or eight months with them. Um, then I went to, I think, TLR, then JQ, and TLR again. And uh, I'm not sure where else, but I've driven almost every car. Yeah. On the market. How long yeah. did you drive as a, a paid driver? For, and when did you like kind of stop being a paid driver, I should say? 
was around let me check uh, 2014 I think okay yeah so you went around to JQ yeah because JQ couldn't pay you he got no money so you went in 2015 no, he, he paid me a little bit a little bit it's a that's a miracle <laughs> that is a miracle not many joking um i gotta i gotta give jq crap um <clears throat> and and was it just when when you decided to quit was it just like you just wasn't being you didn't think you was being competitive or you just wanted to go uh become an architect like was you or did the opportunity to do what you want to do in architecture come about uh when in uh in 2000 and yeah when you kind of stopped being a paid or? driver Ah, okay, okay. Uh, I started. I got married. That was also that would do it. something to take it in account, mm-hmm. taking it into account. And a couple of years later, um, I was I was uh, father to a beautiful uh, my beautiful daughter. That also took a lot of time and. Made me think to to stop uh, my career in RC mm-hmm. because I couldn't do it properly anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. In a sense that I, I wouldn't have time to do what I knew needed to be done. So, uh, and if I'm not doing it right, I, I I prefer not doing it at all. How old your daughter? She's four and a half. Okay, so. Yeah, my I had my son in 2012, and I just had a. I have a little girl. She's going to be about. She'll be two in October, and she is a complete and total handful. Um, she okay definitely. Well, I also have a an announcement here to oh. your podcast because I think in RC there's like maybe ten people that know this, and uh, uh, I'm going to be a father again in August. Congratulations. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Thank you. It's a boy this time. Oh, awesome. RC is the future for him? You think so? Uh, I don't know. If he wants, if he likes it, yeah, maybe. Would you like him to do it? Um, I don't know. If it continues like this, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see in the future. All right. Time, Time will tell. Congratulations! You're gonna you're gonna name him Miguel. You're gonna be a junior. I'm not sure about the name for now. I asked too many uh, questions, don't I? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. No problem. So, you've been to? Have you been to? How many worlds have you been to altogether? Uh, ten. Wow! So you went to? Let's okay. Let's name it. Ninety-eight, two thousand, two thousand and two. 2004. Did you go to? Four. Did you go to Indonesia in 2006? Yeah. Did you make the final there? Indonesia. No. Uh, my car in the semi flamed out three times. That was weird because my car was doing like eight and a half fuel tank, mm-hmm. but that day there were dozens of flameouts. My car flamed out at 6.30, and the second time it flamed out at 5.30, something like that. Until this day, I don't, I don't know what happened. 
Um, it was weird, really humid and stuff. At that race, I was from the semis. I think Yannick was the fastest. Mm-hmm. And then point one, uh, I was the second fastest. And then uh, Ada was the third uh, fastest on the, the semis. You want to talk about bad luck. really cool. Cool track, really yeah, cool track. Yannick Igon has had some, he is similar to you, many close times yeah. to winning a world championship yeah, yeah, and yeah. never won it. Yeah, exactly. No, he's also a guy that doesn't have a lot of luck. No. Okay, excuse me, sorry. So 2008, okay. Charlotte, you went to Charlotte. Yeah, that was just mayhem. <laughs> I know. With all the rain. Crazy. That was, that was, Yeah. No, that I don't know if that was a race. Uh, when someone TQs around because he was the only one doing one lap, uh, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> 2010 in Thailand, 2012 Argentina, 2004 Italy, 2016. You didn't go. 2016 was your last world. I know Indonesia. No Indonesia. No Indonesia. I was. Uh, no, that was um, Thailand. Thailand yeah. was what I was talking about. Indonesia, I I broke on the semi. I was using the new Futaba, the mm-hmm. synthesizer, I think. Oh, right, yes. And then I was like third or fourth. And at the end of the straight, the car just went straight. I lost signal or something, and that was that. Okay. Did you make any more mains after after 2006? Indonesia? At the world? Yeah. No. Okay. At the world? No. I don't think so. Cool. Now, in this time, did, was you traveling to America for any of the bigger races in America? Uh, I did a couple of darts. And I did Charlotte and the warm-up at Charlotte. But, yeah, that was it. I didn't do a lot of mm-hmm. racing in uh, in America. No. Well, back then, a lot of Europeans didn't go to America either. It was um, yeah, unfortunate. It would have been nice to see more yeah. Europeans and yeah. go over there. I love the, that kind of tracks. Mm-hmm. And I, now I, we have a, a little bit more of those in, yeah. in, uh, in Europe, but uh, at the time, it was just in America, unfortunately. Why... So here's my question to you. Portugal, the RC market's very small. We talked about that. Yes. All odds against you. And and I heard a similar story from Coelho, from Figueiredo, because I think Figueiredo is going to be, I think he can be very good in eight scale here. Um, if he puts, if he's definitely getting better, you know, still young. And yeah. How is it? And then we talked about you, you have you, obviously, and you have drivers like uh, Montero, who's good, Ricardo Montero. Uh, Dur, Dur, I can't say. I say Doris. Durash. So we have we have really fast guys from Portugal, but obviously, like the competition level there isn't great, good enough. I yeah. would say. How is it that Portugal is able to produce the Coelhos, the Figueiredos, Matias? How is it? Why do you think? I I, I'm not sure, but it's probably because of all the the dif- difficulties we have. Uh, 
all the lack of support, all the lack of uh, good tracks, all the lack of competition. It, it, I don't know. Maybe it makes us stronger or makes us work more for yeah, it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's yeah, maybe. I don't know. Makes you more hungry. Probably. Probably yeah. why Brazilian Brazilians are super good in football because, you know, they have it's a way for them to get not saying it was a way for you to get out but you guys had to prove that hey I'm, i can be here as well you know and we're talking about some of the best in the world and now i mean let's be honest like bruno coelho can be considered probably one of the best rc drivers in on the world or you know definitely top three because he can drive anything yeah. so it's pretty amazing that a smaller country in europe with a very small um RC base can produce such great drivers like you guys. So I I, I love it. I, I yeah, give you a, if 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 you make a name for yourself, it's it's because you've done something huge. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you, no one will will notice you, because there's no interest on a, on a country this small. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Unfortunate. Yeah. How was it working and with JQ? It's, it's the same thing for for every sport. Yeah, but then uh, Portugal will never have a, an F1 driver, for example, but, because there's no market for it for that. But you have Cristiano Ronaldo, and you had Luis Figo, and he was top two. Yeah, that's that's soccer. That's yeah. different, and they they made their their names outside of Portugal. Mm -hmm. uh, anyone that wants to be anything anywhere needs to to leave the country. That's a fact. Yeah, I think Cristiano Ronaldo is the best football player ever. Um, yeah. I don't care what any, everybody claims Messi, Messi, Messi. I think it's uh, Ronaldo. He's done it on multiple multiple content, multiple teams. Yeah, he works his ass off. Oh, does he? And he's a great, good yeah. person. Like, yeah. Really good person. He's uh, an excellent professional. I think the other may have a little bit more talent, but... Mm -hmm. Working wise and uh, mentally and fitness and everything is just more powerful than, than because that. he had to work harder for it. Exactly, he came from nothing, and uh, if you want to show yourself uh, here, you have to be the best, not one of the best, but the best. Well, it's it's like her in the Dominican Republic with the baseball players. They Baseball was their way out. That's why yeah, in, so. in the major leagues, it's just flooded with Dominicans and every single major league baseball team in America has academies here. And these, and Dominicans love baseball. Like it's, they, they love it. Like, you know, and <clears throat> it's just amazing to watch them play. Even the guys who just play in the neighborhood, they're good. Like, you know, and, um, it's incredible. Yeah, it's maybe it's in in, in their blood. And yeah, it's, it's come from generation to generation, and it's. I think that also helps. All right. Well, there are, there are things you cannot teach, and there are things you cannot learn. You can't teach heart. You know what yeah. I mean? That's something you have to develop, and and you have to, and that comes from tribulations and and wanting something more than you could um, more than anything else. You know, and striving towards that goal. Something that yeah, can't exactly. be taught. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I wanted to touch on this before we go into the next part. Uh, how was it working with JQ? You seem to talk about him fondly. Not many people talk about JQ fondly. But um, okay. you did run for him. He came, obviously, spent some time with you in Portugal. 
yeah. How was it with working with JQ? It can be difficult. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it is difficult, but you have to give. I give a lot of credit to that guy because he can be controversial. You can call him whatever, but he is a guy that came also from nothing. And you have a lot of businesses that have a lot of money, a lot of power, and haven't managed to do what he done. Mm-hmm. And he has a passion and he's following it. And uh, I think marketing-wise, compared with any other company in, uh, in the sport, he's just, he's a genius. Because when he gets the money and the, the, the car to, to start winning big races, um, I think he will kill a lot of uh, brands in this industry. That's good. I, I'm I'm happy. You know what, man? Because you've worked with him, so I could talk to you about this. Very difficult. Very difficult person to work with. Um, I yeah, his persistence mm-hmm. is uh, unbelievable. But he's driven. Mm-hmm. He's driven by this passion, and uh, yeah, I respect the guy. Yeah, I. He gave me my opportunity, uh, and now I'm talking to you, you know. So, and I've been able to travel and help build a team and meet a whole bunch of great people that I talk to on a daily basis, what I, I like and all that type of stuff, and do something I enjoy. So, I, I gave him all that, but he is a pain in the ass at most times. But that's just <laughs> him. That's just him. And I agree. He 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 wants he wants this hobby. He wants our sport hobby to go further. And I think he's. He means well. His delivery is what's messed up. I tell him that all the time. So, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he needs to work on that delivery. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. I know. It's it's it, you can't be that guy that's. Uh, it's like a love hate uh, thing. Um, you need to be more of a loving guy. It's it's. He needs to to work on his uh, people skills. Oh, I think okay. it's like this you call it. <clears throat> oh yeah, of course, most definitely, most definitely. All right, yeah. let's talk about RC now. You've been around for a while. You've been through many different eras of RC. The era where you was really fast, I like to call the Attitude Era. That was like Courts, uh, Dagani, Pavidis, like when Nitro yeah. Racing was still like raw and. In its infancy, I wouldn't say it was kind of infancy. You know what I mean? It was just a few car brands, yeah. and you know, you guys used to race each other on a regular. What is? I think it was more having only two or three brands. Mm-hmm. It made it more, even more equal for everyone, because you could buy the car that we ran, the engine we ran, the tires we ran. Everyone was. Everyone had the same body uh, on their cars. Everything was more equal, in my opinion. Um, and also, in going a little bit backwards, also from from those days and all my when I was a kid, when some guys that I, I look up to uh, at that time, internationally, uh, upon beyond the, the European guys that are already spoke there was Pavidis of course uh, Kinwo and uh, Masami also those were the the top three guys that I think at the time everyone 
sets too also yeah what do you miss from back in that time is it just to be an equal or is it something in particular that you wish you could bring back to nowadays no i'm 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 really not that kind of guy that looks back and to the good old days or I just I'm that kind of guy that looks forward to the future and uh, making the, the, a better future. I think it's important to to remember the past so that you can make the future better. Uh, I'm, I'm, I never wanted to, to go back in time. It's, it's something that I, I never aspired to do. So you did retire, but now you're kind of unretired. What happened? Did you miss it? Did you take a year off? And no, like- no. I I, I retired mm-hmm. and uh, I spent the whole year without without racing, and I was okay with it. It it was done. Uh, but then there was the Euros here, uh, also in Portugal, and uh, I couldn't care less. But there was a friend of mine. Uh, Nuno Casalribeiro uh, that called me and said hey do you want to go and race at the, the Euros here and I'm like no I'm, I'm done with this and uh, it's not really something I'm looking forward to but and then he spoke with another friend of mine uh, Rodrigo Luis that we've raced many many times and uh, he spoke to me also, and hey, it would be good, and uh, it would be fun to to like old days, and uh, we beat you, and we took care of everything, and you don't need to do anything uh, because I didn't have, and I don't have uh, enough time to to dedicate myself to this. And uh, I told him, okay, so if you have everything ready at the track, I'll just go there and and drive it and see if we can have a little bit of fun. And they, they gave me the challenge because I, I need a goal to, to do anything. Uh, I need to go after something. And they, they told me, uh, we bet with you that you're going to be able to go to the, the AMA. And I told them, I, it, it's, you're crazy. And, it's not even good to the sport if I can do that because I've been one year without driving and I'm, I'm retired and I'm not really up to the task, I think. And they told me, oh, okay, no pressure, just come. We have the car for you. We have the engines. We have everything. So we just have to put the car on the ground and you have to drive it. Okay. The car was good. It was an uh, associated. and. Um, I never drove an associated uh, at the race. And it was the first time with that car. It was the first time at that track with that layout and the first time on that, uh, on that dirt they had. But especially to the, the warm-up of that race that I didn't go. I didn't go to practice. I didn't do anything. So I just went there to have some fun. And um, when I got there, everything was pretty perfect the the car was new so the first few heats the car was a little bit agitated and then really rough to, to to drive but then it got better and better the setup got better and better 
uh, I started to to get better also, and um, everything went really well, and uh, we had fun. We we bumped up to from the quarters to the the semi, from the semi to the finals, and uh, until that time was it was going perfectly. Uh, at the, the final, we we had some engine problems. It flamed out twice. Um, after the first uh, flame out, we were in sixth. After the second, we were in 12th. Uh, if it didn't flame out, we probably could have made it to third, fourth. So for me, it was, was a dream race for, for the expectations we had. Uh, it was really good. And, uh, and that was it. We were really happy, and that would be the end of it. Uh, now, a year later, uh, a couple of friends from, from Brazil they opened a store here in Lisbon and they contact me and they asked me, we are new here and we opened the store and we wanted to, to not use you, but, but to, to, to have your experience and then to help other people, other guys and some new guys we have here. And, um, there we're, we're, also selling here uh, for Portugal, Mugen and OS. And um, do you want to help us? And I told them, well, I don't have time for this anymore. Um, I cannot stay during the, the week wrenching. So I, I won't be able to, to help you a lot. Uh, you can go to some races and, or some practices and give you some tips on to your drivers or to the setup or whatever you need. I can go and I can help it. There's no problem. And I started to, to helping them on, on the setups and uh, on the driving skills and everything. And um, at one point they, they gave me the radio and said, I'm just, do a couple of laps so we can we can see you drive and you can tell us what we can do and improve and that. And I did and I don't know. They started inviting me to races and to to practices and every now and then if if I can go, uh, I'll get to the track and, and I'll drive for them. That's that's just it. So you're driving a Mugen now. That's what you're trying to say. How's that? You liking it? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's very good. Um, I always had uh, some small issues with it. Um, landing some, some of the jumps with the, the suspension geometry and steering and the, the 180s, but... All around, the quality is really high. It's a really tough car, and uh, it's really easy to drive on really rough and high traction. And uh, yeah, it's it's getting better. Okay. Now we're gonna touch on something you we've touched on it through this podcast. But what do you think about our hobby at the moment? 
And what do you want to see happen? You, I think you feel very strongly about this. So, go ahead. The floor is yours. <laughs> this, this is going to be controversial, maybe. Uh, as I said before, I think it, it needs to be. It has to be. Has, it needed needs more uh, exposure. Uh, it needs more airtime, TV. Uh, Marketing-wise, it, it needs to be uh, shown to people. Uh, I, I know a lot of people, and I, when I say a lot, is a lot of people that when I show them what it is, they, they just can't believe it. They've, they've never seen it. And it, it, it's people that are my age. They are 40s. 50s and they've never seen this uh, and even kids they, they, they prefer being in front of a playstation than being at the track it's something that to me it, it, it doesn't make sense and uh, when I grab one of those kids and take it take him to the track and show him uh, what a sport is all about and uh, what the cars do and all the racing and everything, they, they see the passion. And then it, I think it, you need to explore that and then you need to make it, put it out there and make it bigger. That's my opinion. I 100% agree with you, dude. 100%. And it frustrates me. It frustrates me so much. Like, yeah. We just we just oh, yeah. we just doing the same thing over and over and over and like expecting things to we, we want to grow RC. I want to grow. Yeah, I want to grow it too. But I want to grow it by no, thousands. We, we've been doing it, and we've been doing it wrong for a long, long time. And you speak with the people that are in front of in front of the federations, and they just don't care. It's just. There's, there's one thing, you go to a, at least one eight off-road gas cars and you go through, through tech and they always do the same mistake over and over and over again. When they are going to check your fuel, they are blowing into a plastic uh, container that is hot. What do they think and why does it happen when you're in a place that's like very hot, that 30 something, 40 degrees outside temperature for the whole week? And every day you're blowing into the same tank. What do you think is going to happen at the end of the week? And why does people, do people, uh, get disqualified for, for excess of fuel in their tanks. And why is it only on the end of the, of the week? Normally. It, it's just stupid. It, it, <laughs> for me, it makes no sense uh, checking the fuel by blowing air into your fuel tank. Yeah. It needs to be done the opposite way. Suck it up. You need to suck the... Yeah, yeah. obviously. That's obvious. I've told this as many times as I can count, and they just don't care. And it's a really, really small thing to do. Just invert the pump. 
It's just, I don't know why they keep doing it. <laughs> Because it, that's just how they've done it all so this time. It's simple, but it's wrong. It's stupid. It's something that makes me uh, crazy. Just, yeah, I can hear it. You should be, you should be the vice president. Really basic. I'm going to have a president. You can be vice president. I'm going to change RC. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I had my, I had my, my own battles. So it's like, nah, uh, uh, no, I'm no, done no, with no. those. I don't I'm blame you, man. Enjoy. You got a, you got a, a boy, a baby boy coming, spend time with your kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I've done my share. Oh, yes. Parts. Oh, yes. Uh, I've put the, the, the Portuguese Federation courts. I won. I, I did. All I could, I shown people that they're not the owners of this. And uh, for me, I did what I could. Uh, now these, these new guys, they, they need to know and do their part. I agree. I agree. So just uh, finishing up here, what other things are you into? What do you do when you're not racing or not spending time with your family? Any other hobbies? Not not really. Uh, sometimes when I have time at at night, I do some uh, PlayStation with some friends. Oh yeah, what you playing? Uh, what's it called? I'm really not that much into it. I think it's it's not Call of Duty. Where it's called. I think it's maybe it's Call of Duty. Yeah, the latest one. Yeah, just shooting some guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Online. That's me. I, I like to play that <laughs> as well um, on PlayStation. My, I can't even get to my yeah. PlayStation now. My son just has to see about get off it. Um, <laughs> you need to give him an RC car. I have plenty. We don't have a tracker, unfortunately. And <clears throat> he wants to, but oh man, um, we might go yeah. scale trailing or something like that. Or something fun, but I want him to go yeah, play baseball and, and do active stuff like that. And to be honest, man, yeah, that's also cool. Yeah, honestly, there's so much like if he wants to do gaming, it's so much bigger than RC, and there's so much money in it. If that's what he likes, then that's what he likes. It's simple as that because I love gaming too. But it def yeah, yeah, definitely. but we could be a lot bigger than those guys. I know, but it's hard. I mean, we could, but we're not doing the right things to take it to the people. That's why I'm, I love, I, that's why I'm all about RCGP. In fact, as we're talking right now, uh, a couple of buddies of mine over, I'm going to have them on this podcast too. They had made a little TikTok video, right? Of refueling, just refueling a car at a race this past weekend. ESPN's put it on there, put it on. There's other thing called Barstool Sports. Over 40 million views since yesterday or today. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Just a little 30 second video. They're going to get interviewed yeah, and all that type of stuff. That helps, but I want to put a lot. It, it's not, it's not difficult to do. You just need to want to do it. Yeah. And they just don't want to do it. And also one thing that, that I've learned through these years is that this industry, it's a little bit or a lot, uh, lazy. I think they're just lazy. Yeah. And if, if they're they doing enough for themselves, mm -hmm. that's cool. That's yeah. okay. That's enough for them. They, they don't, don't want anybody else to bigger. get to get more. You know what I mean? Let's cater to the same people. Exactly. They don't, I don't know why they don't want to risk it or something. It's it's just 
I don't know. Why do the guys from car manufacturers, tire manufacturers, fuel manufacturers, engines, why don't they, they I don't know, do something together or, uh, you know, or even for themselves to make this bigger? We tried. We tried. Well, RCP, RCGP is still trying. Let's be realistic. It's Joseph. They don't like Joseph. I know that, right? And they're, they're scared yeah, of the he's whole. Scared yeah, of he's the helping, idea. but not helping at the same time. Yeah, but he made it, right? But they're also yeah. worried about this and travel and all this type of stuff and doing this and that. Like, if we grow this. Yeah, they're, they're focusing too much on the problem and not on the solution. Boom, there you go. There you go. And if we make everything, if, if we, the more people in RC, the better it is for everybody. For everybody. So. Yeah, exactly. So frustrated. Exactly. Well, maybe, maybe not to everybody because some of them may, may have to, to put all their accounts on, <laughs> you know, right. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm missing some, um, some of my English isn't right. as good. I get you. Uh, if you want my in Portuguese or Spanish, I could have explained it better. But uh, yeah, it's it it's it involves money, mm-hmm. and uh, if it gets bigger, uh, they have to control it, and they don't want it to be controlled. Yeah, well, it's their ball. Yeah, it's, it's their, their ball. ball, and they 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 don't want nobody else. If they they want to be able to take the ball and be like, "Oh, I don't want to play with you. See you later." You know, well, more or less, yeah. Because if it goes bigger than it it is, um, they have to be checked, and their accounts need to be checked, and everything needs to be checked. They have and to be professional. Exactly, and that's not good for some people. They don't have the liberty to to do what they do and how they do it. I agree with you, man. I agree with you 100%. Let's grow this stuff, man. People want change, though. The people want change. I think so. I think the people want change, and I think it's going to come with this newer generation that's coming up. So we gotta, I hope so. We got to put that so. foundation of sport. Yeah, we need it because it's it's not growing as it should be. You know, we can fool ourselves exactly. and think it is. Oh, we got 700 entries. Yeah, but it's the same 250 people that go every year. You know what I mean? That and run three in business, what, what I've learned um, all these years is if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. That's just it. Miguel, I didn't even know this talk was going to go this good, but I enjoyed it. Um, I like it. You're honest. You, you, you've been around. You've seen it all. I can still hear your passion for RC. That's awesome. I greatly yeah. appreciate it. Um, who's your favorite? You like football? Who's your favorite football team? I'm, I really don't like football. Mm-hmm. They're mainly... Uh, a little bit, a uh, bunch of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Once I again, I think it's the, the federations and everything. They mm-hmm. they should put them, like, I don't know, the rules. They're just for pussies. It's 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 weird. Guys just falling apart and, and I don't know, just cry babies. It's just 
not right, I think. I don't I don't really like it. I my, my club here in Portugal is it's Benfica. Mm-hmm. Um my family is from Benfica, so I'm from Benfica, but I don't watch uh, football. Period. Okay. Do you like any other f- full scale motorsports? Formula One fan, MotoGP? No. Formula no. One I was a fan. I'm a fan of the technology. I'm not a fan of the mm-hmm. racing at all. Uh, I love rallying and I love super bikes, uh, MotoGP. Yeah, that's my, my stuff. All right. Anything with wheels Got and it. an awesome. engine. Awesome. Awesome. Well, my friend, I'm glad I got to know you. I hope to meet you one day. Um, yeah, heard some, heard some of the craziest, like the, like, you know, heard some more stories from you. I know you don't drink, but I'll drink for you. I'll have some super no and some saggers and some port. And yeah, I have a Coke and it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but I hope to make it to Portugal next year for the Euros and see your beautiful country. Hope to see you here. And thank you for your contribution okay. to RC because you have made, uh, uh, for your country and for the guys that are there now, Coelho, Figueiredo, you Made you have helped make this happen for them. Yeah, I like to think so too. Also, all right. Well, you take care, my friend, and thank you for your time. Yeah, you too, and thanks, thanks once again for for inviting me. And once again, it was good time, good talk. Awesome. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. Yep, 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 yep. It's that time, everybody. It's that time for the JQ Racing Rant. This is the part of the podcast where you have to put your big boy pants on. And uh, if you're a snowflake and get offended easily, probably shouldn't listen to this. You have young kids. You don't want them to listen to some banter and cursing. They shouldn't listen to this. So that's your my disclaimer. Next week, we'll probably have the king shit fountain on, Jeff Keaton. And uh, we're going to rant on some of his stuff. But this rant's going to be a little bit serious at first. And then we'll get we'll get into some other stuff. But I don't like to bring yeah, up... Yeah, you, you start with the serious part, and then I'll address Jeff the shit fountain Keaton after that. Okay. Which is completely not serious. Okay. Because he's so non-serious. All right. So, as you guys know, um, Joseph is very controversial in his Facebook, political... You know, just Joseph. I, I agree with a lot of things he says. I don't agree with his delivery. I don't, try, I don't judge people. I don't do everything. I don't try to bring race, politics, or anything to this podcast, right? I don't. I don't like it. I don't want it. I want this to be about RC, having fun, getting along with everybody. And that's how I like to live my life. Everybody to me is equal. I don't see color. I've, I've learned in life that assholes come in all colors and good people just are good people, period. So obviously, like we know what's going on right now in America. It's not good. Um, you know, people are tense. Like tension is in the air. It's been tense for a while. We got the protests going on, which I have nothing against protests. I do have something against rioting and looting. I think it's it's useless, but I'm all for protesting. We need, you know, things. Some things need to be changed. I'm I'm all about that. Um, I'm a man of color. Joseph is a man of color. You guys may think I'm crazy, but we're both of 
of mixed race backgrounds. My dad's black or was black. My brothers and sisters are black. Grew up around black people. All my family are black. Just, that's, I consider myself black. But I love everybody. I don't see color at all. Now, one of the things I love about RC is that anybody can do this. And I want to see much more diversity in RC. I really do. When I say I want more people in RC, I mean I want more, I want more people of color. I want white people. I want black people. I want brown people, whatever. I don't care what race you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't, I don't care what your sexual preference is. I don't care what sexual. I want more women, more females in RC. I want more young kids, old people, what you name it. I want people in RC. Anybody can do RC. People who can't walk, who need wheel, who, who use wheelchairs. This is a great sport, a great sport for them. They can get so much enjoyment out of them. So rest in peace to uh, the par parish brother, Tyler, and, and Trevor. Trevor's still alive, sorry. Parish family, they work really hard. People like Corbin Showers, they can, they can get joy from RC. You know? I, I love that. Like, I love that. RC is for everybody. Even some one, like me, I'm one, I only got one hand, one, well, one decent working arm, but I see people without an arm being able, well, able to race. Something. Yeah, shut up. Anyway, my point being about this is tensions are very high, Right? And I have my friends, it's, we, we don't have much diversity in RC as it is. We definitely have more, more people of color racing in RC back, back, than we did back in the day, but we, do, we, we still need more. It needs to be more diverse, period. I, I don't think we can, we can all agree with that. The more people race in RC, the better, um, but we definitely need more diversity. So this week, you know, a lot of my, my black RC friends have been messaging me and upset. And some of them want to quit racing. I made a post about this the other day. Billy Talaska made a great post about this. And these guys want to quit racing. And that's wrong. And they want to quit racing because they're reading stuff on Facebook from people they, they race with and they thought they were cool and they're seeing some of the stuff they're posting and it's hurting them. Right? It's hurting them. And they, they don't want to go to races because they don't, if people think like this, think about them like this, it's, it's hurting them. These are people they thought that they were cool with. And that's f***ed up. Right? I have my buddy who's been racing just as long as me. I've known him for 20 years. Old starting grid, starting grid bud, right? Loves racing. Races on the West Coast. When that dude messaged me, his work that tracks all the stuff, and that dude messaged me and says he, ain't, he doesn't want to go to Proline to race JBRL because of what he's seen from, from people that he, he considered friends and thought, you know, yeah, this person's cool on Facebook. When he sees stuff like that, and he tells me he doesn't want to race. And this guy, he's the coolest, chillest guy ever. Like, you know, when he says that, then we're having some issues here. And for me, I've seen some racist comments this week. Racist comments. And it's not good and it's not cool. We don't have room for that in RC. We're all supposed to get along here. Now, I was very conflicted about talking about this. Super conflicted. I didn't want to say anything. I wanted to keep it about um, RC and keep everything positive. And yes, I still want to keep it positive. But you know what? A friend of mine sent me a podcast today. A white guy. My buddy. And uh, he's, he loves my podcast. And he's into NASCAR. So he sent me a, he sent me a podcast today. Dale Jr.'s podcast. He had Bubba Wallace on it. All right? And if you guys know who Bubba Wallace is... He's the only black RC um, NASCAR driver out there, right? So Bubba came on, and Dale, and they were talking, and Bubba was like, I'm conflicted, and Dale's like, I'm conflicted too. And when I heard this man talk, 
And he was talking about what's going on in America and how it makes him feel and how his cousin was shot by a cop. His innocent cousin was shot by a cop and some of the trials and tribulations that he's had to go through, right? But he still loves NASCAR and he wants to get the stigma of NASCAR being, you know, everybody thinks it's racist and all this stuff. When I heard these two guys conversing as well as Michael Waltrip, that actually gave me the balls that I needed to say what I wanted to say today because I've been very conflicted all week. I've been holding it in good. I've had friends that have been messaging me and I'm upset, you know, of all different races. And I don't like what's going on in, in, in the world right now. I don't like it either. But we have to sit down and listen to each other before we can go forward. I, have my, I tell my, my black friends that race RC, you should introduce it. You should bring more of your friends there. And they're like, nah, I don't want to bring them. I don't want to bring them around this. That's not right. We have to adjust that. You know, I also... And not, not even just, that's just like, it's just, it just can't be happening, man. We need to, one love, like one love, what, we need to love everybody. Everybody needs to get along. And I'm not, you know, yeah, I get it. Like, we're all going to have different opinions. I don't agree with a lot of things I see that people post that are about things on Facebook. But it doesn't mean I don't like them. I understand that if I say something, I'm not got time to argue with people and stuff that I'm not going to change their mind. I still, somebody may post something that I think I disagree with politically, and I'm not a big political guy. And I think, wow, that, I don't agree with that at all. But it doesn't make sense arguing with them. That's, what they, that's their opinion on that. That's what they think. Fine. But when it comes to racism and bigotry, I wouldn't accept that. And I know a lot of people are tired of hearing about it. And they're probably saying, well, left is going on. This is making it political. I'm not. I don't, I don't make anything political. I'm just talking to you, to my RC community, to my friends as a man of color. And what I'm hearing from my friends of color and i want us to all get along like bob molly says man one love when the music hits you everything's all right like one good thing about music when it hits you all right man that we need a bob molly right now we need somebody that can bring people together but we have to listen and billy talaska made a great post a great post and i had to share it the other day and he said you know what to all my white friends out there if you don't agree with what's going on or what somebody says or whatever and your black friends or whatever he says just listen to them. Don't go on there and argue with them and be and, and, and argue with them and, and because you don't agree with them. Just listen to them. The only way we're going to figure out how to fix things here is to listen to each other and find out what's going on. Talk about it rationally. And I don't want to see this in RC. I want to see more people in RC. I want to see more black, brown people, more females, more young in RC. I'm also getting messages from people. This has nothing to do with race, but I'm getting messages from fathers who have their sons at, at, as tracks and people are being assholes to them. See, I'm getting all worked up now. I don't want to say that word. It's my favorite word, but I don't want to say it. We got kids out there, seven-year-olds, and guys are shouting at them, get out of my way, pull over, all this stuff for some little club race. That's f***ing stupid. Racing RC cars at a club race. What do you think, you're going to be a pro? Stop it. We need to encourage these youths. Encourage them to race RC cars. We need more young kids. Don't be shouting at those kids. Encourage those kids. Go down and help them. We see new people. And I, you know what? Mark Santa Maria said it exactly right on his podcast. He said, we intimidate too many people when we're at the track. And we need to stop it. If we're intimidating people that already race, what do you think we're doing? Not all of us. Don't get me wrong. I know there's lots and lots and lots of great people out there. Lots. Lot, a lot more than there are bad. We need to stop intimidating people. If the people that are already race in RC are intimidated, 
and they're not, they're talking about quitting because of what they see from on Facebook or what they're experiencing at tracks, then we need to we need to really adjust what we're doing, man. Fucking ridiculous. It's RC cars. We're supposed to be having fun. We're supposed to be getting along, drinking beer, talking shit, having a good time. And I know mostly most of the people that I know that's all they want. But just have some have some empathy. For your fellow man, your other people that you may not understand what they're going through right now. Man, I'm telling you, I've been so conflicted this this week. The last two weeks I've been conflicted, but I have to put on a good face and be smile. But I'm being conflicted in my heart. It's been tearing me apart. And I don't want that. I want everybody to get along. I love everybody. I don't care what color you are, what race you are, what political background you have, what religion you are, what sexual preference you have. You want to be a man, if you want to be a, if your woman wants to be a man, a man wants to be a woman, I don't care. As long as you're a good person, I don't care. So let's just get along, people. Please, listen to people. Listen to what your, your, your friend of color wants to say, what he wants to say. If you listen to him, that means good things to him. Encourage these guys to come racing with you. When they're talking about not racing, that's not good. We're not creating an environment that they want to come racing in. I know everybody's probably going to, this is probably going to piss people off. But I'm conflicted and I'm upset. Stop it, man. We got to get along, man. I want everybody to get along here. I don't, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired. I'm tired of all of this, this crap, man. Just need to get along with everybody. Stop being divided. Understand what other people are going through. It's not easy for anybody. But we can all get through this if we come together. Listen to some Bob Marley. That man speaks lots of truth. Listen to what he has to say. You listen to the words that he sings, it still rings true 40 years later. Man bought a nation, a nation that was divided, small island Jamaica, people killing each other over politics. He brought them together, risked his life to do that. Let's make an environment for everybody to feel welcome in RCA. Please, please, please. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like what I'm hearing from my friends. They're upset. I can't go on anymore. Yeah. That's my, that's my rant. I, and you know what? I love everybody. If this offends you, what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. But I, that's, I'm talking to you from my heart right now. I have my son, Zakala. What is he going to say when something happens to him? My brother, my cousins, my father. He's dead now. I've seen what's happened to him. Turned his stories. My, you know, I, I love every, I just love everybody. I want us all to get along, man. I have, some of my best friends in the world are white. I am white. I'm half white. Like, so what can I say? I can't hate nobody. I got so much different types of blood running through my body. I can't hate anybody except Joseph. I can hate him. But I don't because I love him. Even though he makes my life a living hell. Because he's a good dude. May not agree with everything that you guys say. And he may say things that piss you off and his delivery sucks. But he means well. Let's get along, everybody. Please. Fuck. Seriously. The world is, we're, like, we got kids watching us, man. We got we to gotta act better for these kids and teach them. Remember what I say. I've been saying it all week. Hate is taught. Love is natural. Love is the answer. Everybody should love each other, man. Let's just love each other. Please, and go race Arctic cars and drink beer or don't drink beer. But if you don't drink beer, I'll drink it for you. I don't know. That's it. You're turning into me now. No, I'm not. What's going on? I'm, I'm just speaking from, because I'm being conflicted. I've been fucking conflicted all week, man. Seriously. Seriously, I've had to put on a good face and smile and all that stuff. But really, in my, my heart, I'm, I'm hurting. 
and I didn't know how to do this, and I have a platform, and I don't want to. I don't want to offend nobody. I want to listen to everybody what they have to say. I know it's not fair. I've been conflicted for thirty years. Yeah, but you don't know how to deliver things. You, you just don't know. And oh, I don't want to. I, I don't want to go on this no more. I just want. I just want things. To, I just. We need to check ourselves and everybody. Not no matter what color you are. We need to all check each other and just remember. We love this stuff. We love RC. Let's get together and, and enjoy it together. Let's a create create an environment that everybody feels welcome to come and have fun. I know 95, 90, 95% of the people do that, but it's 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 like a lot of things. You just gotta be careful what you say to people and stuff like that. You know, like you can't you can't say certain things to people. Like it's offensive, super offensive. Stuff like that. It hurts people's cuts words cut deeper than any knife can. So yeah. Let's just let's just come together, people, man. Please. Please. If I can say anything, that's all I wanna say. Fucking love, man. Love is the answer. Love is the answer. I don't know. I, I hope we don't offend anybody, but I thought long and hard about this all week. And I and I want to thank uh, my buddy Chris who sent me that that podcast today because that actually gave me the courage uh, to to talk about it because I didn't feel right coming on her and and rant we rant about stuff right that we want we hopefully we can change and we offer solutions well this has been affecting me and affecting a group of people in RC so it's an issue. And we need to address it. And we just, and it's simple. It's simple. It's a simple to address, man. We just gotta be. We just gotta be a little bit more, we gotta be a little more empathetic to people. And um, everybody just needs to get along, man. Everybody has their tribulations and trials and their issues, and nothing is perfect for nobody. Nobody. I get that. But we just show more love. Things can be better. It's pretty simple. Love everybody, man. Love everybody. All right, man. Um, ah, yeah. I'm glad I got that off my chest, though. All right. Well, enough about that. Let's uh, let's talk about some more stuff first. So Jeff Keaton has resurfaced, and of course, it's us he attacks because he needs to get attention because he lives on it. I love Jeff. He's my boy. Can't wait to have him back on this podcast because he's living a very crazy life right now. Um, but he attacks us. Tax all of us. And, you know, because he doesn't like you to talk about Raw. Because he loves Raw. He thinks everything is quite all right with Raw, even though it's non-existent. So, um, I don't care. As long as people, people, people need to be questioning why we can't. Look, I messaged Ifmar last week. I've sent a message to Jeff Parker's, the guy who, the, 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 the president of Raw is, I'm sorry, of Ifmar, Jeff Parker. I sent him a message from Facebook, no response. I sent him a message through the Ifmar website. I would love for him to come on this podcast so we can talk. Like, I want to know what Ifmar's plans are to further, like, like take RC further. I really do. Um, they, and, they have zero plans. Yeah, but he hasn't, he hasn't responded. And he, another couple of people have responded. And I love all the support I see people get given the, the lefty for Ifmar thing. People love the e-buggy thing. I think it's great. We need to have a world for the e-buggy. That shows me that people want change. They want change. And it seems like to me it's the old guard that still wants to hold on. And that's that part. Like that's that Jeff, just those Jeff Keatons who don't want it to change. It's always going to be the same. But I also know Jeff. And he likes to stir the pot. And he, you know, he likes to kick the pot off the stove and burn the house down. 
So we're going to have him on next week, but let's address some of the stuff that he said. Yeah, I mean, it just said typical stupid thing. Oh, RC will never be mainstream. It's boring. People don't like watching it. Uh, and he said, oh, RC isn't like X Games or something ridiculous Yeah, he kind of went right over the thing. We wasn't... I don't... I mean, how stupid can a human being be? <laughs> the point is this. RC right now, the... The part of RC, which is racing, professional drivers traveling the world, racing, live RC, streaming the races, all this shit, right? It's dying right now. The reason why you do not see it and why Tebow still has a job, Mayfield gets paid, all these guys, like, the reason why they all still race, all still travel the world, and all still get paid is because wealthy People have discovered RC and are pouring money into it. Yeah, we know, we've established that. Along with that, other people, like, like these wealthy people also, have other businesses and they choose to spend money in RC. That's why you see so many pro drivers still. Or if you took all of those people away, there would be a number of pro drivers today who would not be pros anymore. Now that day will come, I'm sure, but it's not here yet. So I'm just saying, this is the future. The future of RC will be different. Actually, think think of it this way, something closer. Since since skateboarding was too, too difficult of an example for <laughs> someone like Jeff to comprehend, <laughs> where I wasn't saying that RC is li like skateboarding. skateboarding or it's like X game. I was saying, Skateboarding was dying. Yes. That goes right over his head. on ramps and even streets, and it was fucking dying. Then X Games came along, made it cool, kids started skateboarding. Yeah. Skateboarding blew up again. Well, you know so, what, Joseph? People, now forget about that. Forget about that. But people listen RC to... is dying. They, they we need someone, we need IFMAR to do something, to create something for RC, where it's cool again. More people see it and join... I'm not talking about making it mainstream on TV. No. We aren't interested in it. We just want new people to join RC Racing. That's what we need. That's it. Well, we do want to get so look streaming. At slot car racing. Let's try another example. Let's try again. Okay, Let's slot try car and get racing. This through Jeff's thick skull. Slot car racing, 70s, 80s. It was a big deal. Big deal. There were a lot of slot car racing tracks and clubs and events and this and that. Where's slot car racing today? Fucking nowhere. Dead as a dodo. Yeah, I'm sure they race somewhere in some basements. But it's not like <laughs> you do not have local tracks everywhere for slot car racing. You just don't. Because it died. And I mean, even I Gil Losey said that in the interview think, last week. I don't get how people think that RC can't die. The racing portion of RC, where people get paid to race RC, car, RC cars, it can die. On-road, Nitro on-road would, would most likely... If Infinity didn't pump the money into it, it be would be dead. dead. Would be dead now. Yeah. Had Infinity not gone into on-road racing. Yeah, and it's still it's because they put so much money well, into events and Wallace Motorsports too. Ben Wallace pumped Infinity a lot of money everywhere in on road, right? Mm -hmm. Because they are paying to put those events on, and they are paying for the coverage of those events. Yeah. 
So without them, maybe Nitro on road would be dead in Europe now or Asia or wherever, you know, just a few places racing them. Like that can happen to just about all the classes in RC. Like mm-hmm. we can go back to this being a totally amateur thing where everyone has real jobs and they race on the side for fun. Like that's possible. That is a, a real possibility. What would these some guys other, do, though? Some other, some other people making comments about, like, oh, it's just JQ, JQ's ego, he just wants to get paid. or This is not about that. I am not in RC for the money. I'm not, I didn't think oh, of RCG and that for the money. I'm not doing this cam- campaign for Keenan for president for money. It's not about that. It's about the industry and the hobby we have and the racing. I want to keep what we have and improve on that. And of I can course. see if nothing is done, how it's going downhill. And I don't want that. I want there to be professional drivers who get paid, travel the world and race. I think that's cool. I like that about RC. Yeah, I do the more too. professional, better. That's possible. And we can maintain that. We can grow that. But not if we don't change something. I also want it to to be more exciting, more fun for the people who go racing. And I also want it to be easier for new people to get in and enjoy it. I want all those things, and I'm working towards it. Meanwhile, these are just complaining and completely missing the point and saying, oh, it's never going to be on ESP and never going to be mainstream. No one said we wanted that. It's not what I want. I just want more people to race RC. So there are. let's say that there are... A million people in the world who would like to race RC if they knew it existed. Okay, then why can't we fucking get all of them to race? Why can't we just have them know that this exists and then maybe they'll race? You know, now they don't even know. Exactly, they there don't know. And this people who could potentially, they have the money, they live in the right place, they have the right interests, they just don't know that this exists. And so let's just show them rc i agree do you see what i'm saying of like, course i'm not saying i'm not trying to make this into skateboarding or bmx or motocross or live on tv no that's not the point it's just like right now we're doing fuck all so let's do something more people in the industry healthier industry we can still have professional drivers we can have better racing events we can have better coverage and let's just us enjoy it that's it. It's really simple. Yeah, I get it. We can get, and not What's only that. So difficult for Jeff to understand. Well, because people read what read what they want to read and interpret things different. And what's funny is I'm looking at the comments on there, and that's cool. People have their opinions, and I'm I'm seeing people from that are involved in RC making comments, and I'm like, don't they realize that if RC grows and gets better and more people are racing RC cars, they'll make more. Like their company will stand to make more money. But because they want to make fun of people, that's what happens. And, and that's cool. Everybody wants to tease and everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon with Jeff because that's what Jeff does. But he completely fucking missed the point. So that's why we're going to have him on next week because this is what Jeff lives for, to be the devil's advocate, to be the anti-everything else. But I, I think it speaks for a bigger problem because there's lot, there's lot there's that's the old guard of people that feel that way. And I'm not talking about old people, just this old guard that I keep saying that wants to hold RC and that, that's their ball. And they got the best ball to play with in the neighborhood. The early ball. Well, not they don't earn it, but you know what I mean? They're part of that. They, they think it's theirs. And then they're, they're so scared that if it grows, they become ins- insignificant. 
right? But we, what is like what like what are we doing? Like what what are we doing? Forty years on, if Mars been around for forty years, forty plus years, we're we, what we just we're still doing the same thing. It's not completely up to them. I mean, they they can affect change. People need to ask questions. If you can't even contact them, how can you ask questions? You can tell by what people say. If anything that people learn and what I want this this campaign to to stir in your brains and to stir in your soul is what, what, why, why? Ask questions. If you don't ask questions, why? Why must we do things traditionally? Why? Tradition is meant to be broken, to improve we have to do things differently. We have to try different avenues. We can't continue to do the same shit over and over again. Like, And like 40 years on, 40 plus years on, and we're still doing the same stuff. And people are still saying the same things and nothing's changing. But come along and rattle those cages. This is what happens. So you know what, man? It is what it is. I know Jeff. And I was talking to him after this and he's laughing over. He's in Hawaii. We would have... <laughs> Crazy, crazy, crazy dude. But hey, man, I'm with you. Like, I I never said I want RC on ESPN. I would love it on like Red Bull TV or something like that. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, if we want proof of how much people don't know what, don't know anything about RC, let's take this video from Chris and, and Joker and David that went viral. And people, so many comments. I didn't know RC, even, I didn't even know people do this with RC. Wow, this is cool. Da, 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 da. You know how much I was telling those guys. I said, "Look, man, if forty million people met, watch this, and ten thousand people get into RC from this, fuck, that'd be great." And that's—I don't think we get ten thousand people from that, but you know what I mean. That'd be so great. But if it, it generates, it puts our puts what we do in front of everybody. We we'll always say we want we want more people to see what we're doing. We want it, but then you have these people. We don't know. We just want to keep it to ourselves, and we want to keep it hidden, and we don't want more people in. We got to do everything. And you know what? I've changed my undertones on a lot of things. I was always about nitro this, nitro that, nitro that. I still am. You know what? I was told, and I, this makes sense. He says, you should, I'm, nitro, let's be realistic. I've had messages from 10-scale drivers, pro 10-scale drivers who agree and say nitro is the pinnacle of RC, right? Well, let's change that. It's not the pinnacle of RC. Nitro is the showcase class of RC. Okay? Because 10 scale and all that there matters. That's what the whole post no class left behind means. We don't want to leave any classes behind, but we have to start somewhere, right? We have to start somewhere. We have to show people. I mean, look at that video. It it, it was just a pit stop and people freaked out about it. Imagine a nice 15 minute race with two pit stops or a 20 minute race with two pit stops. And exciting commentating. Imagine how good that could be for RC proper footage oh hold on rcgp is doing that um but yeah it just is what it is you know what, joseph you you know i know this whenever you try to in, uh implement change you will be met, met with resistance from those who only believe in tradition well you can't not make an omelet without breaking a few eggs and you know what i love rc and i want to see before I die, and who knows when that's going to happen, hopefully it's not for a long time, I want to see some things change. Or at least we laid on the foundation for these young kids that are coming on. Everybody's like, oh, these young kids don't want to do it. They just want to play video games and all that stuff. And you know what? I, they do. They do want to play video games. Or RC is too expensive. No one said you have to start with Nitro. We need that spec class. So, hey, 
You know what could be the best thing for RC right now is if spec slash class came back for for new people. Run a stock slash, run it, have fun. No no changes, no different tires. No, you know all that type of stuff. Run a ba- whatever battery you want. Leave the thing stock. Change your servo. You can change your obviously you can change your ser- um your your shocks and all that stuff. But that what that brought a lot of people into RC. I'm also realistic. I know we need that scale looking nice class to help people get started where they can do well and they can get, you know, they can be like, oh, this is so cool. And they move on to other things. I'm not expecting people to jump right into nitro, but nitro is the, I believe is the class that we need to use to show off what we do. Anyway, you have anything else to add before we sign off on that, Joseph? No, that's pretty much it. I mean, you're right. It's not that it's the most important class. It's just that it's a showcase. And uh, there was something else you said I was going to comment on, but I forgot. I think you miss Keaton, though. He misses us. We need that devil's... Yeah, it's going to be good to r- rent with him again. Yeah, we need that devil's advocate on her at times, too. Because we, we don't all agree with everybody. I guess back to we may not agree with everything. But I just... I get tired of hearing that rhetoric because that's the same thing everybody says. And it's just like, it's just a crutch. It's just a crutch. Yeah. I remembered what I was going to say. It's just that you see, I've said this before too, but to just bring it back to the slot car racing. So at the time that slot car racing was big, it was the thing to do for, you know, can't race real cars and race these model cars. You know, you buy all kinds of option parts for it, tune your car, race on the track with your friends. You know, okay, that's what you did. That that was the height of the technology then. You know, video games sucked. There was no real good RC cars like slot car racing. This is it. Time moves on. Things change. Then you can drive an RC car remotely, control it on a track, that's way more fun than slot car racing, right? People moved on. RC was the coolest thing you could do there for a while. What's happened now? It's RC is not the coolest thing anymore. Technology has moved on. Now there's uh, iRacing, uh, virtual racing, like actual money can be made. You can have a full like virtual cockpit in your living room or bedroom, you know, race with three massive screens in front of you. It's like, it's super realistic. It feels like you're in a Formula One car racing, right? Like, there's a lot you can do now that's super easy. It's still expensive, yes, but it's easy, fun, and you can race against anyone in the world. You can race against professional racers, you know? Like, it's, I don't get it. Like, people don't understand. RC is not cool anymore. It's not the cool thing anymore. There are other things that are cooler now. Yeah, but he we say, we agree so, with that. He said that. But we have yeah, to compete but, against so that. So that's why if we don't want this to die like slot cars died, if we if we still want to have tracks and clubs that we can go to, then I just think that IFMAR, as the international federation for what we do, should do something about that. Should actively be working towards making sure that we have a future. That's it. It's, as, it's really as simple as that. And how can someone be against that? That's what I don't understand. You know what I like to say? 
I said it before. Let, don't worry about the messenger. Listen to the message. And um, I think that's what we have to do. It's going to take people that aren't scared to say, hey, this is what, what, what we're doing. We, we're not saying anything. Not, you know what? You go to talk to any of these pro drivers. You talk to any of these companies. They will say the exact same thing that we're saying. We just say it in the public. Any of these, these drivers, they would say, why are we doing this? What, or not, not, not just certain things. We need, something. we need to change something. We need to do something. We, I, me, I'm all for anything, anything. We need to do every and anything to promote what we do. But we also need, it, like you said, it comes from, the, it also has to start at the top. And they are the, the International Federation of Model Car Racing. Model racing. So it should come from them. We should ask questions why. If they're not in tune with what people want and what needs to happen, then we need, they, need to, they need to have somebody in there that can. It, may, it doesn't have to be me. It has to be somebody that can do what, they have, what has to be done to be changed RC. To help facilitate it. It's not going to take one. It's not going to happen overnight either. So, you know what? For change to happen, change actually has to happen. Keep saying the same BS for 40 years. We need more people in RC. Oh, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. We just need to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, we need to keep doing what we're doing and add our, everything else to it. We need the club races. We need the hobby shops. We need tracks with, with helpful people. We need to stop intimidating people as well, that which we, we talked touched about on the, front, the beginning of this podcast. All that stuff. We need to do it all. We need to do it at Supercross tracks and malls. We need to do that. We need to have scale this, scale that. Every class matters. Everything, everything matters. But first... We have to take what we do to the people. And I think the people in RC want change. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the support. You know, people's got stickers up, spray painting, vans, all that stuff. I think it's cool. This is probably the revolution that RC needs. Anyway, we've rambled on for not a lot. I, I implore you guys to listen to the first part of the rant. I got emotional. It's something deep. I'm not apologizing for it. Not at all. It's how I feel conflicted about it if you get offended by it i'm sorry but if you get offended by it message me so we can talk about it let's talk to each other let's listen to each other racing coming on this weekend if you're going racing have fun be safe have fun remember that's the key thing go out and have fun you don't have to say vote for lefty vote for change that's what i like to say Nitro's the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. Check you guys later. Remember, sharing is caring. Let's make this go viral. And um, let's one love, everybody. One love. That's what I want to say. One love. Like Bob Marley says, if you want to listen to a great song, go listen to that. Make your day. Lefty out, everybody. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and patron-only giveaways. 
Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory.